Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Dan. This is the New York Sports Talk Podcast, where we talk about New York sports and other things. We've been doing this for quite some time. It is 9 o'clock, and it's time for to and loads of talent. Live from Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Newtown, Pennsylvania. It's Radio Unloaded with Colin Sam Pete. Hi, good evening. Welcome to the show. I am your aforementioned, one of your aforementioned hosts, Sam Pete, Steve San Pietro. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Brian Calvi, aka Cal, is going to join me shortly, and he and I are going to talk New York sports, as we have done for a really long time, number of years. But that doesn't matter. I keep saying that. But it, we had been away for a while, and so we're back. So anyway, um, there's a ton to talk about in the world of New York sports. There's the Islanders in action right now as we speak against the Dallas Stars, clinging to playoff hopes, trying to keep themselves playoff relevant. There's the New York Rangers who are extraordinarily playoff relevant. And then spring training, Mets, Yankees, the hot, uh, the, uh, hot stove. Hot stove's over. The <laughs> spring training is heating up. The Florida League's heating up. So uh, we'll check out what's going on with the Mets and the Yankees. And then, of course, football never ends. There's stuff going on with the Jets, the Giants, the Combine started. So uh, there's a lot of New York sports to talk, and uh, we're going to do it. Um, the idea here is, uh, you know, just two, two buddies, two old, old friends uh, talking about uh, New York sports or anything else that comes to their head. No big deal. It's sports. It's not religion or politics. So, you know, grab a, a cup of coffee. I got a cup of coffee and a glass of wine tonight. Uh, grab yourself uh, something nice, maybe a cookie, maybe a little crumb cake. Uh, my grandmother used to say, I'm going to have a cup of coffee nice. She was, of course, 800% Italian. And uh, she'd have a cup of coffee and a piece of cake. And you'd sit down at a kitchen table and you'd talk. Well, that's what Cal and I are doing. And we're also going to be joined by our buddy PJ, a.k.a. Bishop. He is the third man in, the man who provides the, uh, the non-sports fan, casual sports fan perspective. So he's going to join us uh, in the beginning of the program. Then he's going to join us a little later on in the program to talk about pop culture type stuff. We, we go uh, very afar afield when uh, PJ joins the show. So we're going to do all of this. It is... March the 2nd, 2017. Holy smokes. January and February went awfully fast. And um, it's time for anyone to load with Cal and Sam Pete, number 264. Waiting for uh, Cal to jump into the podcast. We've been doing this on Blog Talk Radio for roughly seven and a half years. And this is episode number 264. You can probably Cal. count. Uh, that's the guy. You can probably count on uh, two hands how many times everything has happened entirely smoothly. Um, and that's no affront. I'm not throwing shade, as the kids say at Blog Talk Radio. It's just, it's you know, it just doesn't get put together for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what happens. 
But uh, we're waiting for Cal to, uh, to jump into the program. We do have PJ here, though, and we should say hi to him. And we should play his intro music because we didn't last week. So I want to hear his intro music. Rock on! Rock on. Hi, Peach. Listen, listen. Yeah, you can't, you can't squeeb squeeb your own guitar playing. <laughs> that well, though this is a this is a, a long-standing myth. That line is not guitar. That is, uh, that was me playing keyboard with only my left hand because my right hand was really swollen <laughs> that day. <laughs> And everything I was playing with my right hand, I was tripping over my own fingers. So that was a that, left-handed solo, never done that's before. One of the, that's one of the best behind the music stories that never aired. Right. Can you can, such, see? I know I know why your right hand was uh, was swollen, but it would be great if it was like for something like really like, you know, heavy drugs or something. I just really punched like, a beehive because it made me angry. <laughs> Right. Exactly. It was something really rock and roll. Right. You know, but it's not. It's not rock and roll at all. No, no. I had my left hand, so I went with it. Um, let's. Uh, speaking of not rock and roll at all, but a yeah. little bit country. Sure. Let's bring in the co-host of the program. Cal. Well, we, we can that's, do that. That's the guy. Cal. Right. Here he is. The robes, the long, the long flowing robes. Splendid. The stallion. He's riding Marian. in on a, a stallion. With the first, like the secretary of the interior. Like the secretary of the interior who rides to work on a horse. Magnificent. Here he is. The in to my yang, the posse to my Ralph Mouth. Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino. Caliente. Hi, Bri. Hi, Steve. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Doing well. Got a haircut there, didn't you, kid? Got your ears lowered. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Negatory, good buddy. <laughs> Extra gel tonight? You got a haircut. You're full of baloney. You got a haircut. Ah, you're seeing things. I'm I'm seeing a very very tight haircut that I can set my watch by. That's what I'm seeing. All right. So how's it going, buddy? What's going on? Boudoir. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't think that's right. Uh, I'm good. I'm ready to talk sports. We're ready to get good, into it. PG. Well, let's let's go. Let's talk some sports. Yeah, let's go. Peach, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. He he even muted himself. He even knows that we're getting right into it. Peach. How's your swollen right hand? We're good today. <laughs> what, today what, what else is what else is today swollen today? Glands. Yeah, you're turning into my Aunt Millie. Adenoids. Aunt Dolly, maybe? What, when I come back later, um, I would Aunt like to... Aunt I Fanny. Like to talk These are all real aunts, by the way. Oh, God. I wish I could have... You know, I wish I could do an impression. Um... <laughs> When I come back later, I uh, remind me to talk about heritage, ancestry. Oh, okay. And Excellent. DNA. Wow. 
really laid it out for us. <laughs> so there Goodbye. you go. That's, that's, what that's what we're looking at. All right. Have, we'll talk to people nice in a bit. Have a nice day. I can't we see him. What? Whoa, Cal. I think he uh, took his camera off, perhaps. Oh, okay. Let's see if I I'll, – I'll, I'll add him back to our – we're Ubuing. We're using Ubu again tonight. Yeah, that was a big deal to so for us all to see each other, and I don't see Right, that, so. right. And we, we had it for about 38 seconds. Right. Okay. And it was a, it was a glorious time. Um, what is up, buddy? Listen, we, we got a lot of uh, the sports to get to, and I feel like – I feel like I'm Wendy Liebman when I make segues that way. Do you remember her? Great no. stand-up comedian? Oh, yeah. You don't yes. remember – Stand up, really great yeah, female now, stand up, and that was that was her thing. Like she dropped the joke, and then she'd be like, "And I feel like because he's fourteen years old, and I really just think, yeah, I nobody do re- remember. Nobody remembers, nobody remembers Wendy Liebman. I feel like. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was telling you that I do remember her now. You're sonorous. You're Sonic the Hedgehog. No? You can't, you can't hear me, can you? I can hear you. <laughs> you. I'm just not listening to you. No, clearly. Who is your favorite female stand-up comedian? Uh, Judy Tenuta. <laughs> okay, thank you for playing. So. The, correct, the correct answer was Paula Poundstone. Sorry. Oh, it's Paula wrong. Oh. Yeah, we were looking for Paula Poundstone. Judy Tenuta! You like Judy? Ah! That's because of my boobs. Margaret Cho? I like Margaret Cho a lot. Don't we? We should table. We'll table this for the fun load. But stand up, and I don't think we've ever done it. Talked about female stand up comedians. It's rough. I know. I know. I know we haven't because uh, why would we? On a New York right. Sports Talk <laughs> On a New York Sports Talk Radio show. Podcast. Why, would, why would that have been covered? Why would female stand-up comedians come up? Yeah. Sure. There's a portion of the program, Bri, that we've been doing for a long time. It's called The Fun Load. I'm familiar with it. And right. that might be a good topic for today. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not time. It's not. No, we're kill them. We're going to start with it. <laughs> right. We're going to open with it. So uh, here's where I want to uh, start with the sports. Ready to unload? Sports. Yeah. Let's go. New York Sports Talk podcast. Let's go. Not podcast. 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 Um, I want to start with the Mets because okay. I think this is where you are the most riled up. Yeah, riled is such a, a strong term. You're the most Jay guiled up. I am. How's that? I'm beguiled about the Mets. The there's not a lot going on at this time of the year, right? So the Islanders are uh, and the Rangers are making playoff pushes. The Rangers are obviously in the playoffs. The Islanders are trying to get in the playoffs. Um, the the Knicks are a, a complete disaster, and we wouldn't talk about basketball anyway. The uh, Jets and Giants coming up on the combine. We will talk about that later. But everybody in New York is really just waiting for baseball to get going. And spring training obviously has started. They're playing, uh, playing Grapefruit League games every day, Arizona League uh, games every day. And there's not a lot to report on with these guys while they're in spring training. So quite often, there is what I like to call manufacturers 
stories. Hanover? Hanover, that's right. The H lines up in the Hanover, signaling that it's a base hit. Right. And the E in manufacturers. Lights up if it's an error. an error. That's right. right. We're referring to the old Shea Stadium manufacturers Hanover sign. That was a bank, right? Manufacturers Hanover Trust. It was a bank. The bank, yes. It, it dealt with money in some, in some way, shape, or form. Right. That was the Met version, and then the Yankee version was the money store with Phil Rizzuto. Right. Now, did they have the a money, money store? Of course. I remember the commercials for the money store way better than I remember anything for manufacturers Hanover other than the sign. Right. I also don't remember the actual uh, the money store, like an ad, the actual place. I don't think there, <laughs> there. I don't think there was one. I never remember there walking ha- past one. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it had to be, but we didn't go into the city a lot then, though. I do. I do remember walking past Manufacturers Hanover Trust in Brooklyn all the time. Sure, it was a bank. Like in, like in, in Williamsburg when I would go see my grandmother. But I don't remember walking past the money store. Do you? No. No. Never. The money store. <laughs> I don't know. Silver Zero Four. The money store. Oh, it, just sounds so, it, it always sounded so sort of schemish to me. <laughs> right? Like, it was called the money store. Yeah, like it was. <laughs> so what do you, so do you go in to buy money? Or money? I think money I may store? have, I think I genuinely may have asked this question as like a six-year-old. Right? To like my older brother, like my older brother, Scott, I, I think I at some point said, let me get this straight. <laughs> I'm walking in there to purchase money. Like even my six or seven year old brain, it didn't make sense. The right. money store. Um, manufactured stories, right? They need to uh, uh, get blog hits. They need to get uh, sell papers, web hits. I mean, when we started the show, it used to be sell papers. Now it's, right. they need to get, they need to get so, web hits. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. I know. 2010. I still bought I the paper every day then. Um, I haven't bought a newspaper in probably five years. Yeah, no reason to anymore, right? No, no reason to. Um, so there's a lot of this going on, and nobody is better than this, uh, at this than the New York baseball sports media. Like, they're really good at it. And on both sides of the of the ledger, both Yankees and Mets, like they're really good at it. Um, it takes different tones depending on the team. Sure, but but they're really, especially the guys that have been around for a while, the 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 the, the Bob Clappishes and the the David Lennons, and you know even Andy Martino's been around for ten years now. Like these guys are really good at manufacturing stories. So that's what we have a little bit here with the Mets. And I want to start by talking about David Wright because that's the, uh, the issue du jour. Mm. But, I, but, I, but I want to at some point make sure that conversation between you and I, because we haven't been able to do it, sort of parlays into the team itself and like what's going on on the field. Because I have questions for you. Okay. Okay. But let's start with David Wright. I hope I have answers. So the, we all do. So the, 
there's this, uh, so David Wright uh, coming back from a neck surgery. He obviously has the spinal stenosis. Uh, injury after injury, he's played 75 games in the last two years. Um, and he's coming back from that. He DH for a couple of games, and then he had a shoulder impingement, correct? That's right. Um, when, he, when he went to throw. Basically, he hasn't been able to throw. So there's emerged this faction of Met fans, quote, unquote, Met fans, that for some reason adamantly want David Wright to retire. Like, they, they can't wrap their heads around the idea that the guy, why would he retire? Why wouldn't he take every opportunity to try to get back on the baseball field? He's not hurting anybody. He's not asking for anything of the Mets. He didn't go to them and say, keep third base open for me. They have a contingency plan. And if I was him, this might be the best Mets team that he's going to have ever in his 14 years here. Of course you want to get back on the baseball field. Are you kidding? I would take every last rehab moment of my life to get back on the baseball field. So now I ask you, Brian, what, what is seriously wrong with Mets fans? Really, what's, what's really wrong? How could you possibly – I heard caller after caller today say he should retire, say the Mets should have given him no shot at third base. That's a quote this offseason. They should have told David Wright, you have no shot to play third base this year. I've heard uh, caller after caller say he's being selfish because he won't retire and take an injury buyout. What is going on? I have no idea. What, I, don't know. But I mean, how does how does this work? How do, how are Met fans? He, he he's been the face of the organization for fourteen years. He's played on terrible, terrible, terrible baseball teams. Never said a word. Never complained. And by the way, did I miss where the Mets held third base open for him? No. No, you didn't miss that. I, I didn't, In fact, they right? went out and okay. got somebody to play third base last year. And they kept him. And they kept him. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they picked up his option and they kept him. Look, the Mets, I'm sure, wanted David Wright to be healthy this year. I'm sure he wanted to be healthy this year. In a perfect world, that's what this would have been. He would have been healthy and he would have been at third base and everybody would have been happy, right? Right. That's, that's how this should have gone. But also, the Mets planned for him to not be here. It's not like now they're scrambling to figure out who's going to play third base, although some new beat, beat writers new to town question, yeah. what are they going to do now? Now they've got to find a third baseman. Right. What are they going to do now? Other yeah. than use the third baseman that they kept on the team for this very reason? I don't know what they're going to do. Right. Good research, by the way, on that. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't understand why people are, are, are just are so quick to, to get rid of him. I don't understand Why does it that. have to be he's done? Oh, he's done. He'll never play for the Mets again. Never play he for is the Mets done. Again. You know what? Between you and me, he, I think he is done. If but so is, what? Why do we have to declare it so? 
And why does he have to come out and say he's done? Maybe people want to move on. Right? But he's not but how are they not moving on? If he's rehabbing somewhere and trying to get back on the baseball field and taking every last opportunity, he's a 34-year-old guy. He's not 40. He just turned 34 in December. Like, what, who is he hurting if he's taking every opportunity he possibly has to get back on the baseball field? I think is he taking ask... resources away from the team? He's not. Money. He's taking money away from the team. What money is he taking away from the team? He's not. No. No. You sure? How many years? How much? How much of their of his salary do they get back if he takes a, a, a retirement buyout with the insurance? He's got sixty-seven million dollars left. Right. What do they get back? Fifty. Fifty, I guess. They don't get that this year. But they, they get, get fifty that million year. dollars back. But they get fifty million dollars back. He's not hurting this team this year. They get $15 million back this year. No, they wouldn't. They don't get his salary back. That's not the way it works. How does it work? The insurance. So the insurance has to take time to kick in. He has to be retired for like three years. It doesn't just just get it back in their pockets. No, they didn't get any back last year. From him being hurt for the year. Yeah, he had to be hurt a certain amount of time for the year. He also right. has to be retired a certain amount of time. But if he's but if he's hurt this year, they're going to get that money back, right? They get some of it back, right? So it's it's in the best interest of the fans that don't want him back, that want to move on, that he doesn't come he, back. But what's he hurting if he if he if he's trying to rehab to come back, right? And he does, and he plays. He's getting paid to play. If right, he doesn't. You're not going to get that money back till after the year's over. So right. what has he done for this year? Well, if he retires tomorrow, they don't get that money back. They don't right away. He's got to stay retired for a while. No, I don't. I don't know how it works. So I'll take your word for it. But I think if he, um, I think people are afraid that he is going to come back and he's going to be bad. And it's well, going to ruin the other, everything. That's the other sentiment here, right? They can't bear to see him not, not be diminished. That's not it. That's not the reason. They don't well, want him that. to hurt the team. No, I've gotten they can't bear to watch him be diminished. Right, but I think it's that they don't want to see him come back and hurt the team. He, do you think, and I know you don't think that, so I'm not talking about you. I'm talking, but I'm asking you specifically, Brian. Do you think David Wright would ever let that happen? Uh, yeah, to a degree, I think he would. You think he would come back, and if he was he played two weeks and he was like two for 45, you think he'd take himself out of the lineup? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, I do. I do. I don't. No. They I don't, these players don't his, do that. I, I, think he, I think he saw his best friend do it last year in 2015. Who? Kadire took himself out of the lineup. Well, he retired at the end of the year. Yeah. Took himself out of the lineup permanently. No. <laughs> Sorry. Rod, Robert Lozier came in just to say that. 
I, I, I think it, I think if if all right, you never see Robert Loja come in. It's very uh, very quiet. Literally, I think you he's You got to put a bell on Robert Loja. Um, <laughs> he's not coming anywhere. No, he's not. No, I I'm saying I think after this year, I I would agree with you. Two years ago, in in 2015, when he came back during the stretch drive, and and they're they're going towards the NL East, and he right, wants he was so productive. badly to to get to no, but I'm. Let me finish. I'm saying two years ago, if he had not been productive when he came back, I could see him still forcing his way into the lineup every day because he wanted to be a part of the playoffs again after being out of the playoffs for nine years. I think this year, if he comes back and it's clear that he cannot play, I think it's different. And I think he's come back from the spinal stenosis and the neck and there's a team that's got a chance. He went and played in the World Series. I think it would be different this year. I think he's two for 42, and it's a struggle to get his neck and his arm and his thing. And, and you know, I think he's the captain of the team. He would go to Collins and say, unless they didn't have a better option. But I don't think it would be a, like Reyes was hurt or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it would be a, no, no, you got to, I'll break out of this. You know, I, I think he would put the team first. I do. But but regardless. Okay. It's a hypothetical. We don't know if we'll get there. The, the, the point of all this is I, don't, I just don't understand the rush to end his career. I, I don't understand the rush. Well, like I said, you'd have to ask somebody that, that wants him to end his career because I don't understand it either. I'm, when, and I, you have people, you, you do talk to people that want him to retire. What do they say? I, I I have had two friends uh, say one has said just it's it's tough to watch him go through all these injuries and you just know another injury is going to come and right. he, the one guy came at it from the he loves him you know loves right older guy you know in his in his early fifties big Mets fan lifelong Mets fan and he came at it from the if I was his buddy I'd tell him. Come on, you know, be realistic with yourself. These little injuries, the shoulder impingement, this, that, they're going to keep happening. You know? So, he, I, and I said, I totally disagree. If I was his buddy, I'd tell him, hey, look, do whatever you want. Stay out there as long as you can. Keep rehabbing it until you cannot rehab anymore. You know? And this guy's dad had spinal stenosis. So he was also talking from a place of experience of like, it's a degenerative thing. It's not going to get better and better. And maybe he can start taking care of himself now and not trying to play major league baseball and buy himself some quality of lifetime later in life. That's fair. And that's from a guy who, like I said, his dad had it. Right. The other guy was just like, was from the angle of, I love him, but it's time to hang him up and let's get the money back. Let's get the, you know, the 50 out of the 67 or whatever. Yeah. And make him a coach or something like that. I love everybody. Everybody always wants to make like a guy a coach. Like right away. Make him a coach. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. He's going to want to be a coach. Yeah, yeah. Make him a coach right away. 34 years old. Right. He's been playing baseball his whole life. Make him a coach. Sure. But those are the, that's the reasoning I'm hearing. You've been listening to, to Francesca for three days. What are you hearing? You're hearing Mets fans say it. 
Yeah, they want they they don't they want to move on. They want to get Manny Machado in here. Right, that's the other one you told me about tonight. What is that? Yeah. They oh, want to well, get Manny Machado. By the way, I'll never say what is that again. But what 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 I don't I don't understand that sentiment. I had not heard that sentiment at all. Well, I, well, it's it's a very easy sentiment to understand because as a fan, you would love to have Manny Machado on your team. Why not? Right. I would wouldn't you rather have Manny Machado right now than David Wright playing third base? Yes. Right now? Yeah, so sure. Uh, Bring him in. Why not? Right. But da- but we got to but David Wright's got to get out of here so we can get his money and clear the space. Right. And go out. We're going to and we'll give we'll give his insurance money to Cindergard and extend him, lock him right. up. Right. And then we'll go get Manny Machado. Okay. And that's what we're going to do. Right. Okay. Good. Okay. Away we go. That's simple. I um they're not going to get Manny Machado. I think um I I, I again, I I just don't know what the rush is. Just let the guy try to rehab and let him try to come back for as long as he wants to try to come back. That's it. Right. I mean, that's, that's it. A, simple. he's there. I mean, he's earned that. Has he not earned that? Hey, I, look, it's like you said, he's not hurting anybody, so I don't understand what the problem is. Well, what's with the selfish talk? The selfish talk is because he signed a contract. Why shouldn't he have signed that contract? Right. Well, everybody's entitled to what they want. Everybody's entitled to get what they want. I'd like to see every. I'd like to see all these callers calling up walk away from sixty-seven million dollars. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Take a retirement settlement. Yeah. You. You would too. You. You wouldn't try to rehab with every. Every bone in your body. And it's not even about money for David Wright. We know it's not about money for David Oh, we don't know that. But the assumption is it's never been about money for David Wright. You know, he, he wants to get back on the field because he wants to get back on the field. Right. But you're, it's easy the to money call helps. up and say, yeah, of course the money helps. It's easy to call up and say you walk away from $67 million. They, they did the same thing to A-Rod, right? Oh, you should just take a buyout. He's being selfish. You walk away from $35 million in a year. Let's see it. Well, he's made so much money already. Yeah, and he's, and he's earned it, and he's going to make every penny of it. Yeah, it's, I, I just... It's manufactured. Cool. It's, they are cool because, they, because uh, uh, age always wins with every player. Except Bartolo Colon. And fans just want to move on. When they're done, they're, when, when you have done all you can for a fan, the fan has no use for you anymore. Move on. Get out of here. We need, we need to replace you. I mean, you were What's fired it? up yesterday. What happened? You're not fired up anymore? No. <laughs> I'm not. So you're, so you're ready for him to retire? Well he, well, he could do whatever he wants. It's not bothering me either way. It doesn't bother but me the, either way. But the, but the fan base was bothering you yesterday. Well, yeah, because the fan base, why, why are they in such a rush? That's the question we keep asking. We don't have an answer to that question. You know, yeah. we, don't have, we don't have a third person on this team that we could ask. 
and get their right. point of view. If only we had somebody who could kind of jump in here. Maybe somebody who's like a casual sports fan, not like a diehard like us. Right. You know, who could who could jump in and maybe you know give us a little different perspective. Do you know anybody like that? No. I think maybe we yeah. should put an ad in the paper. Who's <laughs> Eric Wright? Not Eric. Oh. <laughs> not Eric. Who's Wilbur Wright? <laughs> An ad in the penny saver, I think. I, listen, if you want my opinion about this, I am so sentimental for players who are struggling and players who uh, have been there for the long haul. So I definitely don't want to see David Wright go. Right. I want to see David Wright, you know, have his Jimmy Connors moment where he limps to the bag. Where he wins the U.S. Open? And the crowd goes <laughs> crazy. And he takes an at-bat. And you can see he's in pain. And, 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 it's, and it's glorious. I want that moment all the time from sports. Right. All the time. Yeah. See? Different perspective hearing right a fan, there. Hearing a fan say, cut him loose, that's one of the many reasons why I will not listen to sports radio. Mm. Yeah, there you go. And one of the reasons you're not even listening to this show. That's not true. Probably. I adore you. <laughs> I adore you. And there's nothing more maddening, nothing in the world more maddening than hearing people on the phone talk about someone else's salary. Oh, my God. Let's talk about how much money the, the team has right now and what they could do with it. You know Click. what? This brings us to an interesting point. I agree. It bothers it's, but I I feel like it's bothered me more as I've gotten older, and I'm not sure why that is. Well, listen, there's no need for that. <laughs> that feels that feels personal. <laughs> Just took a shot. I feel like I I feel like as I've as I've gotten a little older, it's more of a with, when it comes to professional athletes with their contracts and stuff like that. The shelf life. Maybe it's because I'm older than most of them now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, self, the shelf life is so short on those careers, and it's what the market bears. You know, plus, I, I'm starting to get so anti-ownership. I really am. I used to be. Yeah. I, I, I think I used to be more, way more pro-ownership when it came to professional sports, and now I'm really getting anti-ownership. I really am. Which is weird because yeah. if you're getting older, you should be more anti-player. But. You would think. But I'm not. I'm going the other way because I I I feel like the players are human. You know, I used to think of them. I think more as like kind of these automatons that you just you know you watch. I on enjoy. TV and they're, they're I human. enjoy sports, but I'm anti-player. <laughs> anti-player. What the hell does that mean? I'm anti-player. What does that mean? No, there are there are there are, I I would say right, Cal. Would you say the majority? So if you're listening to FAN, the majority of fans will side with ownership when it comes to oh. a player owner dispute. So it's the needs of the team outweigh. Right. Okay. Usually, yeah, yeah the players want to stop being loyal. 
Right. Right. You'll hear the player, you know, well, he makes X amount of dollars, so he should shut up or do this or do that or whatever. I like the Mets, but I'm anti-baseball. Nobody ever says, well, the owner makes X amount of dollars. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, uh, Cal, do you find yourself, especially in football, I find it, um, with, like, players, get all you possibly can. Yeah. I don't know, like, holdouts hold and stuff like that, they don't bother me as much anymore. No, oh, holdouts bother me. Holdouts in, in football bother me. Still. Do they? Yeah, they still do. I think like, it's come on. Why is that? I don't know. I don't because know. Because you signed a contract, play for the contract. Well, that's the thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's you don't see holdouts in any other sport, really. You see it in football because they're trying to renegotiate an existing contract that they signed. They agreed to like the terms of that contract two years earlier. Yeah, I mean that's that was the Revis did that every every other year. Yes. that was his thing. And it yeah. worked, and he but, made it work for him. You know, that was good, yeah. great for him. But as a fan, you, you kind of grow tired of it, you know? Right. Do you think there's something to the fact that those are not guaranteed contracts? A little bit. And maybe that's why you see it. Yeah, there's a little bit to that. But All right. Okay. I, pref- I prefer not to see it. So the holdout bothers you, but the guy getting the big contract doesn't bother you, right? No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine. And I'm also fine with somebody leaving a team and going and getting, getting paid somewhere else. I'm fine with that too. I'm let, I, yeah, me I, too. That I, used to bother me more though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. The loyalty to the same team thing is sort of, I've, I've grown out of that. Right. You know, it's funny. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if David, like if David Wright had chosen to go somewhere else, four years ago I would have sucked and we would have hated it, but I would have understood it. Right. Right. Whereas if it, Reyes, right. Right. So but he that, was, he went and took the most money and it sucked and I hated it, but he went and took the most money. Yeah. Yeah. By a lot. If we if we were talking about like $3 million, I know $3 million is a ridiculous amount of money. If somebody dropped it on me today, my life would change exponentially. But if you're talking about a $115 million contract and a $112 million contract, yeah. that's one thing. So if you're talking about $118 million and, and $94 million, that's a lot of money right? that you're asking a guy. Or Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano is a great example. Robbie Cano may be when it turned for me, too. Well, yeah. Well, he's it a turning. He is. He's a, turning, he's a turning point for me, though. Well, it helped that he stuck it to the Yankees too. I it, it yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'll wear that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like we, we, we've we got a little. Go when Mike Ham when Mike Hampton left in two thousand, because the Bothered schools were in no Colorado, hated it. Right, hated it. Right. That's fifteen. If years that had happened, if that had happened today with two kids, and the school is better as, as a joke, but. Uh, that had happened today with, you know, two kids and, you know, understanding where he wants to raise his family and where he's about to take an eight year deal and it's more money yeah. and I would get it today. He was also a jerk though. So I think even he was if a he jerk. Did that That's today, problematic. If he did that today, I still would be like, oh, screw you. Right. It's slightly problematic that, uh, the guy was kind of a douche. Right. Um, 
Man, they should have won that. Ah, oh, God. Why'd you have to bring me back there? Why not? Because you know I why? I try not to because think about 2000 very often. Yeah, I try not Mets to think fans, about it. Mets fans love to self-loathe. They love no, it. No, I don't. See, I don't. Yeah, but they and do. you know this. I don't. I hate it. I know you don't. But Mets I know fans you do. don't. I don't. I know you don't either. Mets fans love it. They love to they Bobby Bonilla, right? Isn't that great? Let's talk about Bobby Bonilla, right? It'll come up once a year. Out. Comes up. Yeah. Comes up once a year. Actually, twice a year it comes up. Once on his birthday, which just passed. Right. His birthday, his birthday is in February, and when his birthday right. comes around, it's always happy birthday, Bobby Bonilla, still on the Mets payroll till 2034. And then on July 1st, when he actually gets paid. That's Every right. year. Every year. And, and it will be till, you know, 2030 or wherever he gets paid till. Yeah, whatever it is. But it's always hilarious. Always it's, not uh, it's, old it's at all. Great times. It's great times. It's great times. It's hysterical and just gives the Met fan another reason to just go, oh, I can't believe this team. It's, Bobby I got, I got into it the other day with, uh, not got into it, but I was talking about it with uh, a friend of mine, Brian, a friend of PJ and mine, Brian Stevens, um, who has been on our show before. I think, mm-hmm. I think he was the first guy to curse on the show like four years he ago. He was, yes. Yeah. Um, although I always thought that was Dan Shackner as well. We've been done Dan a Shackner. lot less. We've done a lot less shows since that moment. We've I'm effing exhausted. <laughs> that's, that's Brian Stevens. What do you think of uh, what Amari Stoudemire said the other day? That's what he texted me. Because I hadn't seen that. Did you see the Amari Stoudemire thing? Sure did. Yeah. I th- is he, he's joking in it, right? No, he's not joking. He was cl- oh, he was clearly joking. Oh, I don't believe so because he walked back his comments. I know, that. but I feel like he walked them back because he he didn't button it with the fact that he wasn't serious. I think the fact that like I think it was too late for him to I think it was too late for him to go back and say I was just kidding. But if you watch I, the video, he yeah. he it's clearly joking. It's not clear. It's not clearly oh, I, at all. Oh man, I watched it. I just thought he was. Like the the exaggerations he was making to me were like, how could you even ask me such a stupid question? Yeah. I don't know. That's what it looked like to me. And Brian is a, uh, a dyed in the wool red, you know, right wing guy, and he thought the same thing. He thought that like Stoudemire should have just buttoned it with, no, what are you kidding? Of course I don't have a problem with it. But because he didn't, he couldn't go back and say I was just kidding. You know, I don't know. I just that was weird. What a weird, weird exchange. It was because he he goes so far. I'd go to the other gym. I'd go around the corner. I'd drive. You know, like he keeps going, like as if it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. I don't know. But no, I, 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 I Cal, people I were up and all about I, it. That's for sure. And and Jason Collins came out and called him a brain ass, and you know. And and, like everybody came out and took him seriously. Oh man, what a weird, weird thing. Um, Yeah, Amari, great. Um, (laughs) We could talk about the 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 Mets. Um, They're going to have an interesting dilemma on their hands if Lucas Duda is healthy enough to play. So I want to talk about what's going on on the field as they are playing games. And then also touch on the Yankees a, a bit, too. Because Okay, sure. Um, the, with the Mets, just 
So Conforto is raking. They have uh, five outfielders, essentially, for three positions. It's really four outfielders for three positions. And the odd man out is probably going to be Michael Conforto, who has really seemed to um, right himself. He looks like he's in great shape, first of all, Cal. We know the kid can hit. He didn't deal with his struggles well last year, I feel like, at the major league level. And then he went down and, and sort of raked again and then came back up and was okay. Um, have you seen him at all this spring? Have you seen any of his at-bats? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does he look different at the yeah. plate? Look, I mean, I know he looks leaner, that's for sure. Yeah, no, he's, lo- he's, he's locked in at the plate. He's hitting lefties. He hit a home run off a yeah. lefty the other day. That was yeah. the thing that, that his big problem. That's that's what started this all last year. Was his right. game, he had a game against Madison Bumgarner? Yep. Went 0 for five and he fell off the cliff at that point. Yep. And like you know? three strikeouts or four strikeouts. So whatever it was, they have, he, yeah, no, he's he's playing well. They have Cespedes, um, Granderson, Bruce, and Conforto, and then you have Duda at first base. I, you're convinced that they're not going to handle this correctly. I'm convinced of it. Right. Convinced. Why is that? Because they don't handle this the right way. They this sort of thing? This, they don't usually handle this sort of thing the right way. They don't, handle the, good, they don't handle the good problems the right way. They, it's just not. And I'm going to, uh, to quote the philosopher, Brian Calvi. There's no such thing as a good problem. Problems are inherently bad. Right. But so, that's, that's what you're hearing is that this is a good problem to have. They're yeah, it's not a good problem. Because they, a good problem. they're going to force Duda into the lineup. They're going right. to force him into the lineup, and he's going to have to do really, really badly if he's healthy to be taken right. out of the lineup. Has Bruce played first at all yet? Not in a game. He's not, not looking out there, though. So, But he says he's I, willing to do it. I still think they want to trade him. But I don't think they will until they're sure about Duda. Right. Because I think he's their backup plan for Duda. Well, they also have Neil Walker that can play first base too. And they've got a whole host of middle infielders that can play second. So right. he's, a, he's another backup plan. They have um, Cicchini, uh, Cicchini. They have TJ Rivera. They have you know a bunch of guys that can play. Kelly. I'm sorry, who's that? Yeah, Ty Kelly. Ty Kelly. Yeah, he's fifth on that list. Um, the, point, the point is they're not going to be great. It's going to be great when Ty Kelly makes the team, isn't it? It's going to be awesome. <laughs> not even on the <laughs> roster, and they're going to have to clear a spot for him. They're going to have to clear a spot, and they're going to. They're going to, just to spite me. Just oh, yeah. to spite me. Yeah. Do you... So how do you think it plays out? You think it plays out with Conforto having to go down? Yeah. Ah. No, actually, no. I think it plays out where they're going to bring him and play and bring him as a fourth outfielder and not play every day. Because he's going to bat 500 for the spring, so they're going to look ridiculous if they send him to Vegas. But they're also not going to play him if he's here, so they'll they'll screw it up. They'll screw it up. And then then what will happen – They'll screw it up in the beginning, and then someone will get hurt, and then they will be falling all over themselves 
saying, hey, look, this is why we have the depth. This is exactly why we didn't make a trade. And they'll just plug right. him right in. And they will, you know, they'll be taking bows from here to Corona. <laughs> Which isn't that far, actually. Well, it's not from City Field. It's not far. <laughs> right. Where I'm sitting right now. From Comac it is, yes. And yeah, for me, sure. it's really far. So, <laughs> so they're going to go to your house. They're going to come here and they're going to just bowing door. Right. (laughs) Right down the Long Island Expressway. There they go. Just (laughs) bowing to everybody. Is that Sandy Alderson (laughs) on Town Line Road? Bowing? What's going (laughs) to... What is is Sandy Alderson doing at Exit 42? Taking a bow. And wait until... Curtis Granderson bats 036 for the first two months like he always oh, does. Boy. And Conforto's just oh, sitting boy. on the bench. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So Zach Wheeler's going to pitch. Yeah, he's coming back this weekend. He threw the other day. Threw a BP the other day, and I think he starts on Saturday. Right. I'll be anxious to see that. Um, I'm curious. What he's got. Yeah. Curious case of Sid Finch. I think the only, um, I think the, so we'll, we'll have to just literally see how that plays out with, with, with Duda. I don't think Duda's ever going to be healthy. That's me. So I think they're going to get a, I think they're going to get a, a get out of jail free card here because I don't think Duda's ever going to be healthy. I really don't. I think his back is screwed up and I think this is going to be every five days. He's going to take a swing, and then he's going to be out for four, and then he's – I don't think he's ever going to be healthy again. I really don't. Well, we'll see. I think they're going to force think, him in. And that's and, where they take their bows. And if he's From hurt, Newtown, Pennsylvania, that's a long bowing tour. That's even farther. Yeah, that's very – or further. I think it's farther. I think you're right. Farther, further. I don't know. But then the other thing is that um, even if he does get hurt – they won't put Bruce at first base. They'll just put, like they'll put Flores at first or something, and Conforto will sit on the bench. Right. So. Um, well, well, we'll just have to see. The only thing I want to say about the Yankees was, um, uh, boy, people are sure fired up about these these kids here. It's good. Yeah, why it's not? Exciting. It's a new. It's, it's a it's, new it's, type it's, of Yankee team. It's a very. That's what I was. That's that was my only point. This is. I don't. I can't remember a Yankee team like this coming to spring training, which is all 90, kids and all. Yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Ninety three, ninety four. Right, right, right. Ninety three, ninety four. It's probably the last time you saw that with the changeover from the Mattingleys and the Winfields and Henderson and you know those yeah, late eighties. That's when Bernie Yankee showed up and Pettit yeah. started showing up and Posada. Yeah, so it's good. And look, everybody everybody loves prospects. Everybody loves when they have prospects coming to town. But the Yankees haven't had them in so long. Right, which is my point. That's why they're they're so excited about them. Right, or or at least have them be the the makeup of the team. The primary makeup of the team is kids. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> and after this year, I think they lose a lot more of the salary and the older Plus, older guys. Sabathia's gone after yeah, this so, year. Yeah, so they're an interesting team, you know? And, I think and they're going to they be good this year. I think if they get any sort of pitching, they're going to be good this year. 
I really do. I don't think World Series is good, but I think they'll be right there for a wild card if they get any sort of pitching. Maybe. I think their lineup's going to be good. They've got no pitching. I think they have very little pitching. They've got no, they've got, they've got Tanaka, who is, you know, he's got one foot on a banana peel and one foot in the trainer's room. (laughs) Why is he stepping on a banana peel? Well, fortunately, the the banana peel is right outside the trainer's room, so he's not that far. (laughs) Which is, I mean, it's a good place to leave a banana peel because when you slip and fall on it, you're right there. You're right there. I I would argue the trainers leave them there themselves so they can stay busy. <laughs> right? A banana peel, an oil slick, a rake with right. the something great face up. An oil slick furniture polish. Right? Thumbtacks up. Just something there that is ah oh. You are you okay? Come on in. Why does Captain this look right like here. the end of the end of Home Alone? Why does this hallway to the trainer's room? Paint cans swinging in. They're all um, <laughs> a, a bear trap. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Well, that takes it up a level. That's you're definitely oh dealing well, with the, <laughs> the hospital for special surgery if you've got the bear trap out there. <laughs> um. So uh, let's go to the Islanders real quick. Can we go to the Islanders real quick? Yeah, is that all for the Yankees? We're done with the Yankees. Yeah, I just wanted—I just wanted to say it's—it's it's just a very different kind of team, and it has okay. me paying attention to them in a different way. Did you see Aaron Judge? Yes, I saw the guy who ate Aaron Judge. Holy cow! Aaron Judge—he looks like a cartoon, like an exaggerated cartoon. Holy you know, cow! Like, like if they put, uh, if they did a cartoon about Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, and they had just <laughs> like ridiculous muscles and like completely blown up, he was. He our, does. You know, he, looks, our, he looks ridiculous. Uh, you saw the picture, right? If it was him and the and the three other rookies, and he looks photoshopped yeah. in, like and it the, was almost the like they played with the perspective. Big. Yeah, but it looked like they played with the perspective of, the, of the picture, <laughs> and they sort of put him forward. But they, but they didn't. He's that big. <laughs> and some have you seen some of the home runs he's hit? Yes, Maron. He's hitting the ball over the <laughs> scoreboard. It's Steinbrenner Field. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so. The the whole key is just can he hit two hundred? Well, he's got a lot of Dave Kingman in him. That's for sure. Oh, he's a monstrosity. He really yeah, is. There should the be an anchor way. tattoo on his forearm in that picture. He'll be fun to watch, Aaron Judge. He, they'll be fun to watch. I think okay. they will be. I mean, not like there's any you know, sort of pressure on uh, Gary Sanchez, so it's good. Whoa, what happened? I lost you. Did you mute your microphone? I didn't do that. What happened? Did I do that? How about now? That's good. Oh, 
Must All right. You make one you make one Popeye reference and I you just you got muted. I don't know what happened out there. No, anyway, um uh, you want to talk about the Islanders? Talk about the Islanders. I, I just they're they're they, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Um you seem, you but seem they okay did. with that. Yeah. Only because so Scott and I were talking about this today. Hosang feels like a trade. Oh because so that, it feels so like was, it's 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 a new player that you're you've been waiting a really long time to see. Yeah. And, you know, his debut tonight and you finally get to see this guy that you you think can be uh, a difference maker and, and especially him because he's kind of such a lightning rod and, you know, right. um, that it, it – I think Garth Snow had one plan. I think it was Duchesne or nothing. Mm-hmm. And – you know, could they have gotten a Stafford and maybe that helps the team a little bit? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what did Stafford go for, like a fifth or a sixth? I don't know. You know, but are you going to add that third or fourth line guy? Or, you know, you have guys like Gianta, guys like, um, uh, you know, Kuhlman, Clutter, you got Clutterbuck back tonight. You had those guys that were kind of filling that role. Right. So the only really move that you could make to really affect change is going to be Duchesne or Landeskog or, um, or even, you know, Everly. And none of those guys were traded. So that makes you feel better too. It's not like they went somewhere else. It does. It's, It's not like they lost out on them or Garth didn't get the deal done. Nobody got the deal done. Well, he didn't get the deal done. He could have got the deal done, right? Apparently, apparently not. I mean, apparently it, it takes two sides. If the team doesn't want to trade the guy, which they didn't, apparently, then... Well, you can always convince the team to the guy. You could. You could. But then are you over-offering for something that you can get at the, at the draft before you have to negotiate with Tavares as well? Hmm. If you're okay I, I don't with, know. I, I am. if you're okay with not being better right now and just getting him at the draft, then then it's fine. Do you give up Barzal in that deal for Duchesne, knowing that even if you make the playoffs, you're likely playing the Capitals in the first round? And you're yeah, I probably, you know, yeah, I would. You you still do. Because, like you said, Barzal is what you is Duchesne is what you hope Barzal will be. Right, but is Duchesne going to help you beat the Capitals in the first round? No, but it doesn't matter because you'll have Duchesne next year. But you you can trade for Duchesne with less you than Barzal better, at the draft. Better, right, you have a better chance of beating the Capitals in the first round with him than without him. Absolutely. But, but chances are you're not going to beat them anyway. He's not going to be the difference maker, and you can probably get him at the draft for less. So you're okay with not making the playoffs and getting him at the draft? No, I'm not okay with not making the playoffs at all. Because, if, because having Duchesne gives you a much better chance to make the playoffs. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's so, fair. I'll concede that. But I don't know if – I started to get a little um, – I, I don't know, a little bit about Barzal. He started to get the UNC feel for me. 
The under no circumstances. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what he does when he finally gets here. Well, that's the other thing I think about Barzal is that he'll be here next year. He should be. He'll, well, I mean, he'll probably be on the team before the end of this season. So he'll be back on the team. He'll, he'll be on the team next year. Yeah, you I mean, hope he's, so. He's, he's going to be he, – well, he is. He's going to be one of the four centers that plays on the team next year. There's, there's no chance they're going to send him back to juniors, and they're not going to put him in, in Bridgeport. He's, he's probably going to be ready to play. So why, wouldn't, why wouldn't they put him in Bridgeport? Um, I think because um, – no, they, I mean, there's a chance. But he, he almost made the team – he made the team out of training camp this year. Um, he didn't, you know, he played in the nine games or whatever. They sent him back to juniors. He's destroying juniors again. And he's going to be a year older. He's going to be 21. And all the talk is that he's going to play on the Islanders this year when Seattle's season is over. Right. So if you're going to bring him back to the big club this year, because that's what Staples, Staples said, he won't go to Bridgeport at the end of this year. He'll go to, he'll go to the Islanders. He's ready. He, he, he will be there next year. Okay. Um, you know, that said, I, I don't know. I just got a little, uh, I don't know. I didn't want to give him up. Okay. Well, it's fair. You didn't have to. It started to, to, uh, to bother me a little bit. Well, nothing. Well, then, then you, you had a positive trade deadline then. That you didn't have to. I, I, I just if that if that was it if it was if it was him or bust, you know Duchesne or bust and and Hosang came up tonight and you got to look at him and I don't know if you watched any of the game tonight but um man he's impressive <laughs> he really is impressive yeah I mean he can he can uh, did you watch it all tonight no I forgot that the game was on right um. We're, we're, meanwhile, Scott and I are wishing each other happy Hosang Day. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like happy Harvey Day. Um, he's impressive, Cal. Yeah. He's big. Like he's, I think, a lot bigger than you think he is. And I haven't really and, thought of him. So I, I, never, I never thought uh, of he can, whether he was a big guy or a small guy. He's a big guy, and you kind of can't take your eyes off him when he's on the ice. And he can Man alive! Holy cow! Hopefully he's got his head yeah. on straight. That's that's the piece he, um, that's always. I uh, they won tonight, by the way. Oh, good. They won five to four in a game that they were down three to one, and they took a five to three lead and then almost gave it away in the last four minutes. All right, well, four but, on. But uh, they goals. held on. They held on and got the W. I think Hosang might have had a goal too. I think he might have had the fourth goal. Ah, good for them. That's a great. That's a great it's, win. It's, it's it's a good. They they really outplayed them big time in the first period, um, but they gave up a goal with seven seconds left again mm. to tie it. Strom had a goal tonight. Ladd had a goal to make it three two. Um. Yeah. Anyway, they got the W. Um. So that's it. That's where I am for the trade deadline. They are now three and one on this road trip with five games to go. Good They've gotten six, six out of eight points. They play Chicago tomorrow night. You know, the cool thing was, Cal, they came out of this five-day break. They've been off since Saturday. 
Right. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And they were only a point out of a playoff spot with a game in hand. Coming into so after, Yeah, after all those games and everybody playing and all the stuff, they were still only a point out of a playoff spot with a game in hand. Oh, very good. So they're right in the thick of it. They're right. They're still in the thick of it. And that win tonight guarantees they'll stay in the thick of it. Um, Toronto, they were trailing Toronto by a point. Toronto plays uh, the Kings. You know, I really need them to make the playoffs. Mm. Now, I really do. <laughs> yeah, well. And I think Hosang is going to be up. I think he's going to stay up uh, for a bit. Oh, Quine is supposed yeah, to be out about four weeks. And he right. put him right on the, uh, the – did you see the lines? You didn't see the lines. You don't even no. know what ta- you don't even know what town they're in. Do you know where they played tonight? Yeah, they're in Chicago tomorrow. I know that they're in. They were in Dallas. They go to Chicago and then they go to Calgary for an afternoon game on Sunday. The stupid, yeah, which they're stupid. Definitely going to lose. Definitely going to lose. They're, they're going to lose. They win that game. <laughs> which game are they going to lose tomorrow? They're going to lose. Both of them. They're li- they're likely going to lose tomorrow. They're definitely going to lose on Sunday. So they're going to so they're going to lose the next two games. So they've built the right. cushion that they needed. So that's good. So they'll be three and three on the road trip with three games to go. That's right. So hopefully because, by next because week. Because there's there's no way they win at four o'clock in Calgary. One o'clock Calgary time. No chance. One o'clock. On, yeah. Yeah. No chance. Um. The uh, they put Hosang on. Scott had the lines almost right. Yeah, I saw them earlier. I saw what you guys were. Right, Bovillier didn't play um, because he was sick, so he wasn't okay. he wasn't a healthy scratch. He was sick, so they went with that um, Nelson Lad Hosang line, and that was their second line. Okay, good. Third line was Strom centering Chimmer and Prince. And then that fourth line was Gionta centering, which I didn't know Gionta could center, could play center. He wasn't great, but he was, you know, serviceable with uh, Clutterbuck and Kuhlman. I'll tell you, Cal, that first line is, is often fun to watch now. They really kind of know where each other's going to be. And it really is the chemistry. It's amazing that, that, that you, you of all people are saying that, mm-hmm. you know, very critical of them early, but. Yep. I got it. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong. They're, they are a legitimate – you know, Lee's winning battles in the boards and in the corners, and Bailey's making smart plays and, you know, hustling. I mean, they just – they know where each other's going to be. Tavares is making no-look passes to Lee. Like, they are a good-looking first line. Good. Okay, that's enough for the house. Something you touched on last week. We don't have to talk about the Jets. I, I – so – Well, next I'll, week I'll, is – Next week is when a free agency starts, so that'll be a good time to really get into that. All I'll say is this. You remember I teased who I thought I wanted the Jets to get a quarterback? Yeah. Right. So it was Tony Romo. I thought that they should get Tony Romo. Right. Um, Or make an effort to get Tony Romo. And my reasoning was simply um, a good bridge quarterback. I know he's fragile. If he gets hurt, so what? What have you lost? But if you put him with um, – and if you got him, I would keep Marshall and Decker. So if you, yeah. if you put him with Marshall, Decker, Anunua, Robbie Anderson, um, Jay, uh, um, uh, Devin Smith, um, who am I leaving? Sharon Peak, Jalen Marshall, very, very solid receiver core, uh, good, to, good to great receiver core. Um, right. And then you had Forte and Bilal Powell in the backfield, two very capable guys. Um, you went and got yourself a left tackle. 
um, like a Russell O'Kong or something like that. Um, your three interior guys are very solid. Carpenter, uh, Wesley Johnson, and uh, Brian Winters, who they resigned very quietly. You know, the, the, the Shells kid, the Shell kid can maybe play right tackle for you. He played a little bit last year. You're in pretty good shape on the offense. And then you, and then you draft maybe O.J. Howard, trade down out of the six, draft O.J. Howard at the tight end. That's a nice set of weapons for a competent quarterback. You have to talk nice it out. <laughs> it's it's just a, it's a nice looking offense. Yeah. And I thought that he could provide the perfect bridge to Hackenberg because Bryce Petty should be cut. We all know it. Because I don't think Bryce Petty is an NFL quarterback. I don't think you do either. Um, I don't think he does either. Yeah, I don't think he does. He's a good Madden quarterback. Right. Um, <laughs> and and you 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 try to get two years out of Tony Romo, but you make yourself viable. Right. Then you you go and get you know the 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 uh, the boy kid uh, to play corner. You you patch up the defense a little bit. You have good players there. You trade Richardson for a pick. Um, you have good players on that defense. You got to fix the back end, but you have good players on that defense. You still have Leonard Williams. You still have Mo Wilkerson, who has a lot to prove. Obviously, Darren Lee in his second year. Like you have good players there. Um, yeah. You could be you could be an eight and eighteen. You could be maybe nine and seventeen. You don't know. That was my thinking. And then okay. on Wednesday, I'm listening to Boomer and Carton uh, in the morning. Out of habit, it's my own fault, Bry. I bring it on myself. I don't know why. You, don't, feel... have to, you don't have to disclaim it. It's fine. I do have to disclaim it for myself, not even for you. It's a disclaimer for me. What are you doing, jackass? And you continue to turn these people on. So, and Carton's, Carton's big thing is, so I'm – we did the show last week and I'm sitting on this, this great teaser about Tony Romo. Not that it's a breaking ground here. And Carton, uh, <laughs> was it Tuesday? Maybe it was Tuesday. All in on the Jets should get Tony Romo. That was his thesis. Yeah. The Jets should get Tony Romo, blah, 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 for a first round pick. The number six I pick mean, in the draft? That's correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's his – my brain shout was, well, you maybe try to trade like a sixth or maybe you give them like shells and a, and a fourth, you know, or something like that. Or you, know, or you just wait it out. Like they got to release Romo at some point because they're not going to take the $12 million cap hit for the roster bonus. He's trading a first, the number six overall pick for a 35-year-old Pringle collarbone Tony Romo. I feel like he's even older than that. Could he be older? He's thirty. I think he's thirty-five. Okay. Let me let me punch that up. He feels older than thirty-five. He Tony Romo's sixty-seven years old. He's, <laughs> he's you're right. You're right. He is older. He's thirty-six. He will be thirty-seven when the season starts. I apologize. Yeah, that's old. That's old for number, a first-round pick. Number six overall pick. Who didn't play last year? Really? He didn't play at all right. last year. He played one game last year. And now in he's 37. Right. Yeah. And his collarbone has been described as a Pringle potato chip. I love it. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, so, I anyway, love let me just let me just do this with you, Jets wise. Just really, just rapid fire. Yeah. Go. You have a choice between Tyrod Taylor or Mike Glennon. Who do you want? Uh, I don't I know. care for. 
I don't care for either of them. I would really? take. I don't really. I think I would take. I, you want to laugh? You want to laugh? I would take Gino I Smith over laugh. the two of them. Wow. That is I not a popular G- opinion. No, I know. But I would give Gino <laughs> Smith a shot. Right. Over the over those two. I'm not I'm not laughing because I would so I would take Tyrod Taylor probably yeah. over so let's make it those three guys. I would take Geno Smith out of those three. Cuz they're all free agents, right? I would I would take Tyrod Taylor. All right, I'm going to throw Kaepernick into the mix. Oh boy. He's a free agent. I yeah. I'd probably take no oh man. I'd probably take Kaepernick over all three over out of all four. Okay, now you can get uh, Cutler. Tough. No, Cutler. I, I Cutler. I would take talent wise easily out of the five of them, but yeah. his head will his head will explode in New York. You think you think his head will explode faster than Kaepernick's will? Yes, I do. Oh, I think yeah, Kaepernick I do. Would be destroyed I, here. No, I don't think I don't think Kaepernick's problem is Kaepernick's media problems are if he has them, he doesn't seem to care. Are uh, political? They're off the field. Cutler can't take it when you question him throwing a pick. Right. Like that's where Cutler. Loses. Otherwise, apparently, he's like a great guy. If you write an like, if Manish writes an article about how he sucks, although I kind of kind of pay to see that, um, Cutler can't take criticism on the field. Good point. That's the that's the head explosion. I think Kaepernick does. I think he'd be fine here. Media wise, I do. It's a liberal. It's still a pretty liberal town. Um. And he said today that he would stand for the national anthem. So there you go. Because somebody, somebody senses that he's going to be a free agent. Um, I don't think that's the case with him. I, I, I do believe he thinks what – I do believe he believes in what he says. I do. And yeah, what he stands for. You, you don't question the timing at all? I, I, I don't question the timing because he was asked about it. Okay. You know, he didn't volunteer that. He was so if nobody so if nobody asked him about it and he said it then I then it's then it's ridiculously suspect. If nobody asked him about it you think he would have just quietly stood for the national anthem next year? I don't that's a that's a tough hypothetical. Because you don't have to answer it. Well, I I just I don't think I can because there's no chance he doesn't get asked about it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. There's there's no chance. No matter where he goes, he's going to be asked about it. So I don't know. I I, I have a problem with that. But but if I if we if we play the the hypothetical through, if there if he's not asked about it at all, do I think he just quietly stands for the national anthem? No. No, I think it's a statement for him. Right. I think he wants to be asked about it. I think he wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know. But, that but, said, I don't, say, but, I, but also by saying it now, he's, he's putting it to rest now so that the new yeah. team that signs him doesn't have to deal with it. Absolutely. 
I, I would not for a second say that there's not some sort of financial and or his own career betterment on the football field motivation to answer that question now. He was asked the question. He could have said, well, we'll see next year. He did. Right. Well, because if he said, we'll see next year, then the teams are going to be like, ah, I don't know about <laughs> that's bringing this that's on. Right. That's so. right. I don't think there's any way the Jets – I don't think there's any way the Jets sign him, though. I'd be surprised. Yeah, even with Woody Johnson uh, pretending to be an ambassador. Um, I, I, I am bullish on Taylor. I know our good friend Joe Caparoso of TurnOnTheJets.com um, has obviously sold him big time. But I've actually watched a little – first of all, he, he's destroyed the Jets. A bunch of times. He did. <laughs> um, and second, just the numbers on him seem to be a quarterback who protects the football. That's what I want with a bad team. He's got, he's only got 15 turnovers in 29 games. Yeah. Turnovers, not interceptions, total turnovers. Turnover. Yeah, no, I know. I know. He's got 14 picks and one fumble for a running quarterback. And he's got 47 total touchdowns in 29 games. That's good. That's pretty good. Keeps, he keeps the ball. And he's, he's dead at 500. He's, what is he, uh, well, 14 and 14 and 28 starts or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He just protects the football. I think he's a good quarterback for that kind of team. You know, if I signed him, I would cut Marshall. Or Decker, one of the two. Well, yeah, I don't think you're going to cut Decker because he's still got a you could, couple oh, of years you could, left. You know, Lepresti was saying the other night you could absolutely see Decker be the guy to get cut because of the injuries he's coming off of. And right, but he, isn't his money guaranteed? He's, he's got two years left. No, you clear cap space. You don't clear as much as you do with Marshall, but you clear some. Oh. Yeah, Lepresti the other night on with J.J. after dark. I couldn't believe that was a real person talking. I could, I'm referring to some WFAN sports show host who won the contest, right? He was a contest winner? He, was a, he won the contest, yeah. yeah he won I think he won the last contest. Oh, boy. Well, they, they ended the contest after he won. Um, but Lepresti was saying it could be Decker. There are certain quarterbacks, though, Cal, that I keep both for. Okay. And then there's other quarterbacks where I cut one of them. Right, don't need both of them. No, and I and I need the money. Romo, though, I would keep both quarterbacks. Why would you say Gino? I'm fascinated. I I just I I feel like I want to see Gino with a real offense. I know. So do I. I he never got he never got a chance for the real offense. He got he got two quarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Decker so, wasn't I, in that game. No. Right. And Decker was already hurt in that game. Decker was hurt this year. Right. The one, yeah, yeah Decker this year. Was, the, Ra- the, the Raiders game, right? Yeah, no, he he got two quarters. I just I don't know. <laughs> I think I think he's got some talent, and I just I know. I would I would I rather it's 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 the devil you know theory, right? Where do you keep let, do you keep both receivers if you sign Gino? No, I still get rid of one of them. Because I'm I'm very confident in in Inua to take over the other slot. Right. And like Joe That's Caparoso fine. also always says, you want those snaps going to Inua. Right. 
you want those snaps going to Quincy. You don't want him to be the third receiver again because he's no. a machine. No, no. Put Robbie Anderson in the slot and yeah. go with a new one, Decker. Right. And, or put Decker in the slot, spit, spit, put De- Robbie out wide on one side and none on the other. Absolutely. You, you know, know what, Cal? There's a really good chance. We didn't get a chance to talk about this because we haven't done the show consistently, in, in, especially since, you know, about a year and a half ago or about a year ago. Um, there's a really good chance that Nunn was really good. I think he is good. Yeah, I think, he's, I think he could be, like, really good. I mean, they were terrible this year, and he stood out on the team. And he's a machine. When, like, he's a beast when he catches the ball, and he's... I mean, he had a garbage quarterback throwing to him this year, and he yeah. still had a great year. Yeah. There's a chance he might be, like, really good. Um, that would be awesome. Like, when you say really good... Top 20? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Top 10? Could he be Anquan Bolden? Yeah, I was just going to say. I was just, I was literally, I was just about to say Anquan Bolden. I would Can take he that, be Arizona Cardinals Anquan Bolden? I would take that in a second. Yeah, but I think he can. Anquan Bolden might be going to all of fame. I, I think he can. I'm not saying Quincy Nunn was going to the Hall of Fame, but I think you he can. You just said he's going to the Hall of Fame. You just declared him a Hall of Famer. <laughs> How can we be excited about this team? They've got a Hall of Fame wide receiver on this team. Potential Hall of Fame wide receiver. Future <laughs> Hall of Famer, Quincy Nunn. Future Inunua. Hall of Famer, Quincy Nunn. Look, look at some of these years for Bolden, Cal. Holy mackerel. 2005. Yeah. 14 games, 102 receptions, 1,400 yards, 13.7 average, seven touchdowns, average 100 yards per game. 2003, as a rookie, was he a rookie? 16 games, 101 catches, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. I, I mean, some of these and seasons you know are, what? And you know what? You never... 83 catches, 89 catches, 84. He's a he's like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. And all of, touchdowns. And all of those years, did you yeah. ever think of Anquan Bolden as one of the top receivers in the league? Yes. You yeah. did? Yeah. Never thought of him. I, he was never like in the list of guys off the tip of your tongue. Like 2008, 12 games. <laughs> 11 games. He only played in 12 games. In 08, he had 89 catches and 1,038 yards and 11 touchdowns. In 11 games? In 11 games. Wow. He's, he's, uh, I think he's a first ballot. And maybe not first ballot guy, but he's close. 1,076 receptions, Cal. 1,377 yards. A 12.8 average, 82 touchdowns. His catch percentage is, is really good. He's good. Holy mackerel. Better yeah, than if, you realize, if, right? If Quincy and Nunwood could do that, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> yeah. He reminds you of Bolden, though. He's big that's, and strong well, and fast. That's and the first thing that comes to my mind, yeah. Goes after the ball, and, and once he catches the ball, he's tough to bring down, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so there you go. That's my Jets. We did it anyway. 
You would take Gino. I would take Tyrod Taylor. And we're going to wind up with uh, Brian Hoyer. So good job, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Um, okay. So before we go to the fun load, um, well, we're going to have to do it next week. Darn it. What? I want to talk about the baseball thing, the, the speeding up the game thing. Oh, they yeah. passed a, they passed another rule, right? Uh, a couple of things came out today. What do you uh, got? Most, most notably, they passed the rule where an automatic intentional walk will occur. No, but yeah, but we, th- we knew about that last week. Wasn't there a yeah, new that, one? And I'm, I'm being genuine. I didn't catch exactly what it was, but wasn't there a new one about instant replay? They're going to enforce um, the manager has 30 seconds to decide if they're going to go to replay, which I think is an actual rule, but, but now they they're just going don't to enforce it. it. So, and I, so I think that, and I also think they're going to, was it instead two of, minutes? Yeah. Two for the review? I, I think it's like two they're going for the to enforce the two minutes for the review thing. Yeah. And then I think they're going to, um, I don't know if I got this right. They're going to, the, the umpires can call for an instant replay on any play that's, that's eligible for an instant replay. Right. There are some, there are some plays where you can't go to replay on ever. Oh, okay. Right. But, but they will go to replay from the eighth inning on if the umpires feel like they need to go to replay. Which is hmm. that which used to be used to be the seventh inning. Hmm. Now they made it the eighth inning. So even if you're out of the challenge or whatever. Yeah, it's, it, umpire like uh, what do they umpire? What do they call it? Or kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, something like that. But the, the so they're going to do what what Don Mattingly did last year to the Mets, where even though he didn't have a challenge, he sort of made them review it anyway. Right. Right. So. And said, you guys, really, right? You should talk about it. I mean, it's crazy you're not talking about oh, it. Oh, the other, the other big one, it's not really a big rule, but they were, are going to enforce the coaches' boxes. Nice. Where oh, I like the, that one. The, the coach needs to be in the box uh, when the batter is at the, uh, at the plate, but when the, right. play, when the ball is in play, he can then come out of the box. To wave a guy home or something like that, right? Right. He has to be in the box during the at-bat. During the pitch, though. Right. Right. And then once the ball is in play, he can then leave the box. Move out of the box. All right. Let's see it. A couple things. Let's see it. Do you think they they are speeding up the game? The the, the walk thing is stupid. Doesn't speed up the game. I don't... Doesn't speed up the game at all. No. There's like two intentional walks a week. But the way Tony Clark explained it, and Tony Clark is the president of the Players Association, he right. said – And a very tall man, by the way. He's a very large man. He Former knows, Met, Tony Clark. He was a Met. That's right. Um, and a Yankee and an A and a Brave. and a, He played for 14 teams. He said that they know what's coming or they've seen other ideas that the commissioner's office is going to have. And right. they felt like this was not one to dig their heels in. So that's sort yeah, of why that's sort of why right. they went along with this one. There are going to be other ones where they're going to be like, no chance. Right. So oh, like man, a pitch clock. What is? What is? 
I don't okay. You said that with a lot of disdain. And I don't hate the pitch clock. Right. Am I supposed to? Maybe because I've seen it in listen, Frances has been saying for a week, and I totally agree with him. You want to speed up the game, make the batter stay in the box. You right. know that drives and me absolutely crazy. And, absolutely and crazy. And that is a rule on the books. Just enforce it. That's right. But Something the pitch clock I saw in practice. Yeah. At, at, at a double A game, it works, and you don't even think about it. You well, think about it. You don't think about it. It didn't seem like the players were thinking about it at all. Well, I. I've heard players talk about it and that's right. the reason why they're against it because baseball, you, you've, as you've grown up, there's never been a time limit in baseball and that's right. how you've learned how to play the game and to sure. now make someone adhere to a clock screws, screws up the mentality of the ball player, you know, and, I, but and, shouldn't the clock be, the clock should be in place for both though. Clock is in place for the batter and the pitcher. Well, but the batter's not taking that much time. The pitcher I think the, is the batter one really... takes more time. Nah. With the step out of the box and the gloves and the thing and the brace and the practice swings. and the... I think 90% of the pitchers would rather get the ball and throw. They want to work fast. Yeah, I don't know. 90% I don't know. is a completely arbitrary number, by the way. Um, There's no but I, I would think... I, I would, yeah, totally made that up. I would think the pitchers would... Though in my own personal estimation, which is the only estimation I can really give, um, I would think the pitchers want to work fast. Most pitchers want to work fast. The only time they want to slow the game down is when they get guys on base. Right. That's true. That's true. But so it should work for the batter too. If the batter's not in the box by the end of the pitch clock, by the end of the clock and the pitcher throws, it's a strike. So how does it work right? So one of one of the arguments was I'm a pitcher and I'm on a pitch clock and the time is running out and what do I do? I step off the rubber. I step yeah. back on the rubber and the clock starts again. Right. So that I mean that's how it works right now. Right. So what's the what's you sort of bastardize the whole process if you allow that to happen? I think the purpose the, of a pitch clock. <clears throat> I think what the problem is is that none of these pitchers have done it in practice. Right. And so the kid who's pitching in double A is doing this. He's got 45 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever it is. Can't remember what the clock is. Between pitches, he's not even thinking about it. And by the way, it's not on when there's runners on base. Right. It's only on when there's nobody on base. So maybe that's the idea. Maybe the idea is to start it in the minor leagues and let these kids work through a let minor them get league. Used to it. That's right. Right. So because they're, they're, those kids aren't even thinking about it. And thirty I, I, seconds I is a really long hard, time. I find it hard to believe that they're not thinking about it, but. They, they, I don't know. It will, I, I just, it will allow them to get used to it at least. I watched a whole game where I didn't see one kid turn around and look at the pitch clock. No. Now, one pitch, did he turn around and was like, oh, I better throw? 
It's just, it just, it's just, it's the natural course of the game. Sure. The catcher though could alert the pitcher to the pitch clock. Give a signal. He could. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. Look, I, I, I was, I was swayed against it by hearing some of the players talk about how right. it would be a difficult thing to implement. I was like, oh, that, that makes a lot of sense from a player standpoint. Right. What would be and the I'm, argument about against the stepping out rule, though? I can see the argument that they're making that swayed you. Yeah, no, I agree. The stepping, I, think, I think that's a huge problem, stepping out of the box. That's a huge problem. But do you, do you put a clock on that? How do you stop that? I don't know how to stop it. I don't know if you can put a clock on it. Um, I, I don't know how to enforce that. I think you just tell, you tell them, get back in the box. Step out of the box, it's a strike. I, I don't know. What do you step do? In the box, you know, he steps out, get back in the box. If he doesn't get back in right. the box, let the, pit, let the pitcher throw. Throw a ball. Right. Throw a strike right down the middle when he's not ready. That'll get him right. back in the box quicker. Yeah, because I, I think that's the bigger problem. Yeah. I See, I, I am of, I, I don't know. I think we disagree a little bit on this. I don't have a problem with the length of a game at all. Yeah, we don't disagree. I just see what they're trying to do. I, do I think too, a, little but I don't, than, a little bit more than you do. I, I see it, but I don't, I don't see how you're going to get more people to watch baseball if the game is a little shorter. I don't know. I, I might be wrong on that. but I think you would. Look, their their target is not us. They don't care how long we think the game is. No, because we we don't think the game is long. Well, and also we're crack addicts. We're gonna watch it. Yeah, but but our our generation grew up on base. We don't think the game is long. It's the younger people that think it's a a long boring game. That's who they're aiming at. Well, it's a much more target demographic than we are right now. You know. But that's what, but, but see, that's why I can see why they're trying to make these changes. I I understand that. I just don't. I just don't see how much it's going to make a difference. It's also not just the. Here's a part of the argument, though, that I think it's also. I want to bring PJ in here too. I, I really do because this is a great place for the casual sports fan. Who's, you know, the 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 baseball fan who watches every once in a while. I think what gets lost, Cal, is that we're always talking about total running time of the game, right? And not pace of play. There's a difference. Right. Because, and this is going to sound crazy, but I think you would agree. There are long three-hour games, and there are fast three-hour games. I know exactly what you're talking about, yes. Hallelujah. So they're, they're, they're talking about pace of play, Right. You know, if the game, if the average game time, I think we said was what three oh four. You had looked it up when we were having that conversation. Yeah, it went back over. Yeah, it went back over three last year, I think. And you and you even just cut it by ten minutes. Let's just say by ten yeah. minutes. But you picked up the pace of play. You couldn't throw over to first base twenty five times, which I don't agree with, but whatever. Right. Or you put in the pitch clock, or you don't let the batter get out of the batter's box, and you just pick up the pace of, or you don't. Get to make five trips to the mound, you know, in an inning. Pick up the pace of play. That's gonna ch- that's gonna change the game. It could be eight minutes. It doesn't make a difference. It's the way you're w- watching the game is just 
faster to watch. Maybe, yeah. And that three hours doesn't feel like you're spending it watching a guy step out of the box 13 times and one at bat. That's my number one pet peeve. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. He steps huh. back, I mean, I think he even... knocks the dirt off his shoes, right. redoes, redoes the gloves. I want to kill him. He's got the OCD thing that he's doing with the check and the, the gloves and the hands. You know, Derek Jeter did the same thing every time, right? Every time he stepped yeah. out of the box. This glove, this glove, this elbow, this elbow. David Wright. Does it all the time. David Wright. Same thing, right? I mean, let's just stop making about the Yankees. You're absolutely right. David Wright, same thing. Take the deep breath, put the bat out in front of you. David Wright, every time. I can see him, <sighs> see him doing it. Right. Right? They have these, these psychosomatic things that they do. Let's go. Get in the box. Hit the ball. Yeah. Nine innings or three hours, whichever comes first. That's what I've no, always you thought can't it should do, be. No, you can't do that. That's why which, baseball is great. There's no which, time limit on the game. Whichever comes for whether you need a strategy for the last three innings. <laughs> when the three-hour mark is approaching, step it up, guys. Right. Step it's it up. League style. It's Little League style. You play six you innings or two hours. Ten minute, you want to have a ten-minute conversation at the mound? Fine but it's nine innings or three hours, whichever comes first. That Kyle, would, what would you do a nice game. What would you do to pick up pace of play? What would be the first thing you did? Um, <sighs> and we'll be back with Cal's answer. I should probably come up with a way to pick up the pace of the show first, right? <laughs> <laughs> Would you do, how do you feel about the throwing over to first base thing? You, you can't not like, okay, you've thrown over five times. You can't throw over anymore. That's, it doesn't work. Right. You can't limit. So, so the people that say you can only throw over once in an at bat. Yeah, no, that, that, that doesn't work. Um, is that too big of a change for you? Yeah, that would yeah, that would be a huge change. That would be a huge change. I also I, I mean devil's I, advocate I, though, that's a, there's a lot of strategy there. Ton of strategy. If you've only got one pickoff move, when are you yeah. gonna use it? Well, if you use it once and, and you don't pick the guy off, he's gonna be he's gonna go between halfway between first and second on the next on the next play. You know, it's right. I don't know. I, I don't like that. I see. I I know there's an issue with too many relief pitcher changes. I get That's that. my big one. Yeah. I can't limit that either. How do you limit that? I think you, you three can you. No, Whatever you can't do that. You can't no, do that. You can't. I agree. I, I don't that know. substantially I, changes the, the the game itself. Yeah. Can you do something about how long it takes to change pitchers? Like they've been throwing in the bull. I mean, they've been throwing in the bullpen. Do they have to throw eight warm-up pitches as well? I mean, Francesca said, then you lose the commercial break, and they won't ever do that. Right. That's that is really where you can pick up a lot of time is in the commercials. But they'll never no. do that. That's, that's they'll revenue. never. They'll never no. do. And I wouldn't expect them to. I wouldn't no. expect them to give up money for that. Um, right. I, I don't. 
I don't know. I really, I'm not, I'm not the person that they're trying to get. Right. Because I don't think the game is flawed. I think it's fine the way that it is. And right. my idea is I, I, if I'm going to watch a ball game, I know what I'm getting into. I'm going to watch a ball game. And if it takes two hours or if it takes four hours, that's what I'm getting into because I want right. to watch the way the game is supposed to be played. Not supposed to be played, but the way the game yeah, is played. that's a little right strong now. here. Take it easy there. That's a little yeah, strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever. My day, flippity flu. <laughs> oh, we didn't have oh. any. Oh, hey, whoa! What happened over there? What? DJ, are you all right? Did my the cat, cat just attack you? <laughs> jumped on top of the TV and took out everything. Is Garfield on? God. <laughs> this is a fancy feast commercial. <laughs> This show would go better with lasagna. Um, I I agree. I understand uh, what you're saying, Cal. You you're not the we're not the target demo. I'm the same as you. I know what I, I bought my tickets. It's like airplane. I they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. Yeah, I like I I, I know what I'm getting into. That said, I understand what they're trying to do. Just pick up the pace of play. Find a way to pick up the how how the game moves. Not yeah. the length of the game, just how the game moves. I uh, but look, I uh, I love baseball. So, I'll end it there. That was really really great. Good job by me. <laughs> Nothing else to say. That's it. It's our first official one back. Uh, That was me adding a uh, a fifth line there. (laughs) Pretty good. You know who said the you know who said the fun at the end tonight? Who was that? That was Michael Shannon. (laughs) Direct from the Oscars. Yep, Michael Shannon. Midnight special. Did you see that yet? I haven't seen anything. Leave me alone. The dude is good. I I thought he was good. Which is a good place to open, by the way, on the Oscars. Yeah, the Oscars. <laughs> uh, hi, PJ. Hi, Cal. Welcome to the Fun Load, the second uh, portion of the program. We have about uh, 17 minutes here. Um, hi, guys. To, uh... Oh, Soundhound is here as well. Um, we haven't, haven't heard from him in four or five months. Um, so uh, let's, let's start with, I know, PJ, you have a... a time and space and the time space continuum and uh, all sorts of uh, deep theological and philosophical things to get to tonight. But I want to start that with the Oscars. Make sense. That doesn't because, make sense. Uh, what doesn't make sense? All of it? All right. <laughs> Everything you just said? What? Philosophical and theological? Something about time and no space continuum and I don't know. 60% hey, of the time it works every time? That's right. If you quote Doc... <laughs> 
Doc Brown, you can't go wrong. The hell's a gigawatt? Um, <laughs> so the Oscars, though, we we got. Was anybody? I was watching it live. PJ, were you watching it live? Oh yeah. Cal, you were in and out, right? Or you were watching it live? You caught it live. Live. Watch the whole thing. So what? What do we? What do we make of the 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 bus that? that he threw Faye Dunaway on it. Well, first of all, let's do this. It's been talked about to death. I don't care. We haven't talked about it. Fake, not fake. Real. Real love at the end? <laughs> yeah, what else would I be talking about? Best cinematographer? I thought you... No, well, no. When, they, when the tour bus came in, there's a lot of controversy about that being fake. Oh, the mention of a bus, I see. Yeah. Oh, I apologize. Very, very. Uh, no, the 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 uh, best picture situation. Real. Real, right? We all yeah, feel it's it, real. That was, yeah, that was oh, yeah. authentic. What was a genuine? A genuine screw up. A genuine mistake. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you think that Kimmel handled it well? Yes. I do agree. I think he handled it yeah. very well. And to and and I I my qualification is saying Steve Harvey that quickly. That was nice. Like this the Steve Harvey comparison saves the day there. That's his best ad lib ever. Yeah, yeah. Because it because uh, all it put I'm a little speed bump into what was about to be absolutely screaming chaos. Right. And all I'm thinking in my head is Steve Harvey. That's all I'm thinking. And, and, and all of America is as well. And he, and he did it. Okay. The tour bus, staged, not staged. It um, felt real to me. I know, me there, too. There, there might have been just a hint of preparation. Like, you know, we've got a surprise for you people. Don't lose your minds. You know, and that and that's about it. Um, so you don't think they knew they were going? They were walking into the Oscars. No, I don't think they knew they were walking into the Oscars. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either, and I've been criticized roundly in many well, circles. The only thing that really gives me pause is that if you are on a Hollywood tour on Sunday night when the Oscars are going on. <laughs> They're taking yeah. you to a theater. Could you maybe think that that's where you're... Now, they, I don't think they were told they were going to the Oscars, but do you think they knew that this was what was happening? They didn't well, look entirely... A lot of them didn't look entirely sober, Cal. Well, that's a yeah. good point. <laughs> and <laughs> also... more that happens after a five-drink lunch. <laughs> right. And also, if you're from you know, uh, say Indiana and you're in Los right. Angeles for the first time. Right. Do you know where they hold the Oscars? Cause I probably lived not. there and I didn't know where they held the Oscars. <laughs> they probably don't. Right. So you may know the Oscars are going on that night. You don't necessarily know they're in that theater. Yeah. Right. You don't think for and a million for, years that they're bringing you there either. Right, and Francesca's point was, uh, oh, you can't get near the building or something like that. Well, I'm quite sure they had set this up in advance. <laughs> yeah. And 
and had the bus be able to get to the theater. Yeah. Not to mention, if you've ever been to Los Angeles, it's on the corner of Hollywood, and like it's not hard. They have like a separate area. It's not like it was when it was at the shrine. Like they have a separate area, and you could easily easily bring people in there on a tour bus without them having to know that the Oscars were taking place there. Um, I buy that it was a genuine bit, but I think the bit itself got way too much credit. I see. I, I thought, thought I, I, I thought I liked the show. I I liked the show. I did like the show. Yeah. The only reason I was awake at the end was because I thought Kimmel was doing a great job. Yeah. I haven't seen one of the movies. I haven't seen one of them. I just thought it went on a little bit too long. But it did. PJ. It always does. The bit. No, not not the whole show. Oh, the bit. I was going to say. The tour bus bit. Yeah. You're not breaking ground there that the Oscars were too long. The Oscars are too long. Um, yeah, the bit went on. The bit went on too long, and he was trying to move it past. He was he trying totally to get was. them moving. Well, that's he just could, it. They were a little starstruck, and the stars were were you know, uh, the ones that actually got up, you know, were right being very generous with their time. I'll say this about Kimmel, because I can, because he'll he'll never know. Um, you could say whatever you want. Yeah, I could literally say whatever I want right now about Jimmy Kimmel. Easy. He has a really good – I've watched that show a little bit here and there over the years, over the 10 years or whatever it's been on. Um, he has a very good sense of when the bit is not working and when it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. And I love the Matt Damon stuff. The Matt Damon stuff cracks me up. It cracks so me up. Good. I was going to yeah. say that. It's, it's great. And he's in on it too, and that's what makes it so good. Totally in on it. And, 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 and again, the criticism I've heard is like, oh, you know, people don't know this in middle America. Who cares? Let's give middle I, America a little more credit, please. I mean, it's just yeah, exactly. I think the other great thing about it, though, is that everybody in that room knows the Matt Damon stuff now, too. Yeah. Right. Like, it's such, it's such a long-running thing that everybody knows about it. And they're and all in again, on it. if you want to talk – exactly, Cal. And if you want to talk target demos – Everybody from 18 to 35, or 45 in this case, knows has seen like a clip on YouTube or, you know, has seen one of the bits from the Kimmel show or whatever. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. And it, I thought it was <laughs> when, they, when they kept playing Matt Damon off. Yeah, during the presenting. Was, oh, that was so Kimmel funny. was conducting. It was amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I really was enjoying the show. It was good. That's why I stuck around to the end. So do you buy any so do, do you how do we feel about the producer that you know uh Ran from the mic? Uh, La La Land who yeah. So okay, two things here. How do we feel <laughs> about the producer who went ahead and gave a speech anyway even though he knew they lost? With, no, that's the third guy, right? The third guy, yes. Right. Yeah. He gave a speech and said we lost anyway. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty bad job. Good yeah. for him. That's a really okay. I think that's kind of a bad job by him. <laughs> no, I liked it. No, no one tapped him on the shoulder and said stop. So let him go. But he knew. But he knew they lost. He knew they lost. The other, the first producer had said to him, we lost. 
the stage manager is out on the stage before he takes the mic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a bad job by him. And then how do we feel about the producer who kind of, you know, does the uh, the, the the great meme now of him holding up the card that says Moonlight Best Picture? I I love that moment. Um, he was it, it's composed. A really, it's a really real moment, isn't it? Yeah, you you could you could tell he was holding his blood pressure down. Right. You could read it on his face. You know, don't say the wrong thing to him at that moment. Just right. He's gonna get through it. <laughs> this is a critical critical moment yes. in my life and career. I am responding to stress. Moonlight. Yeah, because that could have was really could have really gone wrong. Oh, could have been shouting back and forth across the stage. Yes. Right. She hasn't moved that fast in like 25 years. You see how fast she got off that stage? <laughs> and of course, Beatty threw her under the bus, right? We all agree with well, that. Well, here's what, look, Beatty looked down. He knew the envelope was wrong. He paused. Yes. He looked, he looked again. He looked off stage. Yes. And then he showed it to Faye Dunaway, and Faye Dunaway thought it was a thought it was a bit. Thought it was a bit. Yep. He should have just whispered, "I don't know about this." Wait a second. He should have just done that. Yeah. Well, that was that was my next question. Yeah. How do we feel, Cal? Are you still there? I feel like we lost you. He'll be back. He does this. He'll be back. Yeah, I'm here, <laughs> but but I'm. <laughs> Quite confused. Yeah, I just He's I'm in the middle of something. Me, I'll be right back. All right, sir. This is important. Yeah. You need to come back for this. No question. time for grooming. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll be. I'll be here. Don't worry. Your eyebrows we can th- wait. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think that Beatty should have done something? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. He should. He should have taken a breath and said. Excuse me, I'm holding the wrong envelope. Would have been totally or fine. Even, or even just, I think we have, I think we have a problem here, or something we need to clarify, right? Yeah, yeah. If he had looked off to the other side of the stage, I think he would have. It would have been resolved. But he he looked to the side that he came out uh, from. That he came out from. Right. Yeah, I think that's a bad job by Warren Beatty. I think he's got to do something there. Yeah. Well, I look, give it's him an a award little, show. Cut him a little slack. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, he, he wasn't getting typo blood out of the fridge for the surgery. It's an <laughs> award show. Okay? Everybody calm down. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he should, you know, he's, slink off into oblivion in shame. He's, he's also he, he's also 80 years old, <laughs> and it was live TV, and it was the end of the night. Yeah, I could see where he would have been a little discombobulated. Yeah, yeah. and you also don't think he's been doing this for 40 years, right? Like, what is this? His 38th Oscars? Like he he, he obviously doesn't think anything's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. This has never happened before, ever. No, I'm I'm willing to cut him a bunch of slack, but he's, but uh, you know he directed Reds. Come on, come on. Right. But step up. 
Step up. Do 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 a little something of something. He's eighty. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Right, like, think about your eighty-year-old grandfather in that spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, like, is he gonna have the uh, the ability to to improv his way out of that one? And and call an audible at the line and say, "Up, oh, best picture moment everybody's been waiting for four and a half hours for. We got a problem for the first time I, ever in Oscars history." I think if he was presenting alone, he would have done it. He would have I done agree. something. I totally agree with that. But he had someone to lean on, and he he threw it over. Maybe maybe was expecting her to blink and go. Well, this doesn't say the right thing, but she saw right. the words "La La Land." That's yep. the only thing she looked at. Can't blame yeah. her. Yeah, but I don't like the way she she hightailed it out of there, and you didn't even hear from her afterwards. Yeah, she. Like I said, she that was like eighty a, as well. Who knows how she's long she like eighty six? What? She's not eighty six years old. Come on. She's very old, Faye Dunaway. I feel like look that up. I would bet my I'm life she's eighty six years old. She's not her third. She's not eighty six. She's got to be. Her face is 86 years old. Oh. I'm looking. Hold on. 76. Oh, why'd you do that to me? She just turned 76. There you go. She's as old as my daddy. She looks good for 76. Yeah, she does. She did all right. All right. She's she's on her third face. (laughs) What's the matter with you? So is Warren Beatty. I mean, oh, he's been we're stretched doing, and pulled. We're doing that. Yes, please. He's pizza dough. Cut it out. All right. So uh, we've covered the Oscars. PJ, what did you want to get to tonight? Well, I just wanted to throw um, some recognition on Rogue One because we talked about that real quick last week. Um, right. I thought Rogue One was solid all the way through. And then... At the end, it was fantastic. Yeah. The last 10 to 12 minutes of that movie was fantastic. And I can't wait to see it again. Crazy good. Yeah. That was like, I feel like they, a Star Wars movie, a Star Wars sequel uh, was finally made by someone with a passion for Star Wars. Right. And who understood how to set up a new hope. Like yeah. it sets up a new hope perfectly. Oh man. And so, they turned Vader back into a villain. Exactly. Which I thought was really important. Totally agree. So we're about to run out of the live feed. So if you have been listening, uh, thank you. And um, please check out the, uh, the podcast. I mean, although if you've listened to this, I'm not sure there's a need to go back and revisit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh you can certainly subscribe to uh, this or the other 264 episodes in um, iTunes. So they are all there. Um, I, uh, so I, I had the experience of seeing that, seeing Rogue One in a theater by myself mm-hmm. entirely, entirely. So long story short, too late. I was uh, supposed to fly to Texas with my family to go see Teresa's family um, on a Thursday, 
and uh, I had to stay in town for something for acting on the Friday. So they all left, and on and I was not flying out until Saturday. So on Thursday night, I got nothing to do, and uh, so I said, you know what, I'm gonna go see Rogue One, you know, in the you theater by myself. Thursday night, suburban Pennsylvania. I go to like the uh, Neshamini Mall, uh, go see the, the Rogue One. I am the it's the 9:15 showing. I am the only person in the theater. And it's not a small theater. That's a good right. way to see it. It's like a real theater. That's so cool. Like a real Yeah, it was it was so I'm texting with you guys, Cal. I know. <laughs> I'm like So I I'll th- I threw this out to those guys, Peach. I'll throw it out to or uh, Cal. I'll throw it out to you, Peach. Where do mm-hmm. you sit? Well, you know what I told you. If it's my yes. theater, your, your suggestion is the best, Cal. Your <laughs> suggestion so far. I've gotten five suggestions on this. Yours has one. <laughs> uh, I I am a I am a dead center guy. Okay. So. And I'm and I'm talking about like a two tiered like a big theater. But it's mm-hmm. not in IMAX cause, uh, and 3D because that makes me nauseous. So it's just regular recipe, original recipe, Rogue One in this theater right. at 9.30, 9.30 on a Thursday night in suburban Pennsylvania. Nobody there. So you sit dead center, but you sit back from the, you know, there's the. Back, um, back far enough so that I don't have to turn my head to see the edges of the screen. If the screen so is wider than my peripheral vision, I move back. Right, so there's the aisle, like the fat aisle, that separates like the really close seats, and then that second tier kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So maybe front row of the second tier. That's okay. Cal, tell PJ what you said. I said you go to different seats and watch it from different <laughs> angles. <laughs> Change angles while it's, while it's playing. While it's playing, yeah. just keep moving around. It's like every 20 what? minutes. Just I move. wonder what Felicity Jones looks like from the left. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was, I was dying. I sat where you said, Peach. That's exactly where I sat. Mm-hmm. When Dead I go to Broadway shows, I try to, get front, I try to get front row first mezzanine. Right. I prefer it to orchestra. So what a bizarre – so a couple of things are running through my mind, one of which is this is awesome because I'm seeing a Star Wars movie by myself. It's like I have oh. a huge living room. I'm like, a, you know, like, a, so I'm thinking. Part of me is thinking like I'm Howard Hughes at this point, right? <laughs> so like I'm texting the guys like, no, I didn't just urinate in a jug. <laughs> and but the other part of me is thinking this is where I get killed. This is where it happens. There's no one here to hear me scream, and there's the like the whole multiplex was like deserted. There's nobody here. There's nobody in this theater. This is where I die. This is where it happens. Oh, my, fam- no. my family's in Texas. No one will ever know. So there's a there's a little underlying sense of panic <laughs> that that I'm yeah you know that this is where the the movie killer serial killer comes out. Mm. The multiplex murderer. Um. So I'm watching, and then it gets to the. Um, Please turn off your cell phones, like the little cell phone announcement. And I literally, I literally said out loud, no, I don't think I will. I would have screamed, F you. I, I said, I think I'm going to go ahead and keep it on, like out, out loud, totally out loud. <laughs> and I'm like texting with Teresa, and I'm texting with the guys and, you know, Cal and the guys in the WhatsApp room. 
Teresa's texting back, please tell me you're not texting. Just watch the movie, please. <laughs> and I'm like, of course I'm texting because I can. This is great. And so about 20 minutes in, I am completely into the movie, watching it as if I'm in my living room. Big tub of popcorn, Reese's Pieces, huge soda. I've gone to complete hell with myself. <laughs> Somebody walks in. Oh, no. I didn't know that part. Yeah, and it's down the, you know, they have the, you you can't see the person until they kind of emerge from like the slanted half wall. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And this guy comes around the corner, walks up the aisle. So I'm in the middle. He sits about four rows behind me on the end. Now you know you're going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Now I dial 911 on my phone. No, you did not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had it ready pre- to go. You preloaded your 911 call? Preloaded 911. I'm being approached by a stranger. And that, But what I'm thinking more is, please don't let this person just sit here and watch the whole movie with me. Like, it's going to ruin it. Because it's just one person. If 18 people no. had walked in, I would have been like, okay, fine. No problem. No, that's neurotic. Stop it. It's just me or and even, him. Or even a third person. That's right. That's right. Don't just make it me and him <laughs> the rest of the way home. That is only appropriate in a restroom. That is not appropriate in a movie. <laughs> right. When you think you have so, the whole public restroom to yourself and then someone saunters in, you're like, oh, my, oh, the whole rhythm is gone. <laughs> no, it was, it was, the rhythm was gone. And the rhythm <laughs> is, is going to move you. So I turn around and I, and I just, everything is going to get you. Yeah. So I turn around and just take a peek over my shoulder, my left shoulder to kind of look at the guy. And he's I notice that he's, and he's completely naked. And I just pants it out. And now I know I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be defiled and B, then I'm going to die. <laughs> and, and he is the rogue one at that point. That's correct. That's correct. He came over to introduce Whitaker. himself. Hi, I'm rogue it's one. Forrest Whitaker. Hi. Um, it would have been worse if, like, he had come dressed up, just solo, just me and him, <laughs> cosplaying, <laughs> and he's cosplaying. <laughs> but it's like Star Trek cosplay, like it's not even right. a Star Wars cosplay. <laughs> like, right? You know, like, is that Gandalf? Oh man. <laughs> um, so, I turn around to take a peek at the guy, and I realize that he's kind of young. He looks like he's like seventeen, eighteen, and um. He sees me sort of give a look over my shoulder and mm. bless his heart. He gives me the knowing nod of, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> like he, he knew exactly what I was looking for. Yep. And, and he gives it to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the nod. Okay. That's the nod <laughs> you have to give women in the elevator when you're in the back of the elevator. <laughs> And, the, and a woman gets on and then rings her floor and then realizes she can't move. Right. Because of That's whatever right. social, you know, structure there is in life. Once you press the button, you can't walk away. Yeah, you, right. you have to give that nod of, I work here. I'm not a murderer. I'm not going to mug you. We're fine. <laughs> Reminds me of the Mulaney bit of him chasing the, <laughs> the woman in the subway. Yeah, because she th- he thinks that the train is coming, and she thinks that he's. <laughs> I'm a little boy. 
<laughs> I don't worry. I'm not, so now he thinks he should go tell her he's not going to right. do anything. <laughs> so he gives me this knowing nod. I feel relieved. And then he's only there for about 15 minutes. So he was clearly uh, going to see another movie. He leaves mm. at like 1025 to go into his other movie. Um, and so, and he gives me a nod on the way out too. Like, a, yep, thanks. Uh, sorry. I was in your living room. And, uh, and then I got the rest of the, I get the movie the rest of the way by myself. Incredible. Incredible. Nice. Yeah. Jealous. And I'm yelling at the screen and I'm, 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 you know, I'm just, I can't even, I can't even. The best way to, to watch that movie. Um, or any movie, but like certainly like a Star Wars movie where there's so much nostalgia for A New Hope, mm-hmm. you know, for, for, for the original Star Wars, which is the reason I have a Star Wars tattoo on my arm anyway, is, you know, I love all of the, and Empire is probably my favorite, but Star Wars is Star Wars. You know, Can we talk about movie something for a second, so beautifully. too? Why yeah. I'm so happy with these subsequent Star Wars uh, movies right. um, that are coming out. Yeah. I think they, they get something that I always said to people and got an argument back over it, which is that Star Trek is science fiction. Right. Star Wars is fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, that's I mean, excellent. It's set in space, but it's fantasy. That's why yep. you can do these, you know, crazy things like the the planet is a laser and shoots across galaxies to to hit another planet and blow it up, and it only takes four minutes for the for the laser to get there. Yeah, like don't you don't don't discuss the ins and outs of that because it's not sci-fi. It's exactly, a space fantasy. Totally different. And it's totally a myth. It's a hero it's a myth. myth. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a hero story. Which is, you know, uh, not, you get into the Joseph Campbell aspects of it and stuff like that. Like, that's what Star Wars is. Star Wars is a myth, a hero's story. Yes, it's paradox. Star, right. Star Trek is sci-fi. You know, you want to know how the the proton phasers or torpedoes work or whatever. Like, right, that's right. sci-fi. It, it matters what a dilithium crystal does. Right. <laughs> in in Star Wars, it doesn't. Star Wars, it's make the jump to light speed. Boom, the button. Press right. the button. The button goes Pull light that lever speed. in the Millennium Falcon. Right. We don't have to strap it or nothing. I'm standing so behind the many... pilot looking out the window. Light speed, go. Go. <laughs> yeah, Leia's totally. got her hand on the chair. Doesn't she have her hand on the chair in one of, in one of them? Where oh, like, totally. Here we go. She's still standing up. No one ever shows any effects of going to light speed, ever. No, none. Like nobody, like, nobody even bats an eyelash. They, just... they, should get it, they should get off the Falcon and be younger. That would be an <laughs> awesome little... It was good. And the Han Solo one may blow all of it out of the water. I can't wait for that. Oh, I I, uh, I got to see Rogue One the day after uh, Harry Fisher died. Oh, boy. So the very end of that movie. Whoa, no, no spoilers for Cal. He hasn't seen it. Okay. 
Carrie Fisher's in it and she dies in the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> it felt a little too Spoiler. real. That's that's Spoiler rough. Alert. I can't believe they killed Leia by their joke on a pretzel. They went alternate history for a new hope. <laughs> and they killed her before a new hope. Super um, thumbs up to Rogue One. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think, uh, do, do you have anything else, Peach? You mentioned being Italian. Yes, I often do. You mentioned your grandma. Sure. Up until very recently, I was Italian. But then. Oh, that's right. You did the ancestry thing. Guess what happened? I did ancestry DNA. It was bugging me. I don't know why. There is nothing better. When, when when you have grown up as I have in, in a very Italian centric house, you know, the Staten Island Italian Catholic, when you're sitting at Christmas dinner and I got to turn to my dad just as he was about to drink some red wine and I said, <laughs> You're Jewish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you the look I got. Um, That's amazing. I am, all my life I've been told I was three-quarter Sicilian and one-quarter Finnish, as in from from Finland. And I took my ancestry test, which means you just drool into a cup and mail it in. It's very easy. And then four weeks later, I got my results. And I'm only... Only 50% of me is Sicilian and Finnish. And the other 50% is this huge list of (laughs) English and Irish and uh, the Caucasus, like going as far as northern Iraq and North North Africa. Yes, and North Africa and um, Spain and uh, a category they just called European Jewish. Like from no from nowhere in particular, it's just European Jewish. Marvel top. So the first thing I had to do was call my sister. Right. I was like, congratulations, we're Jewish. We're Jewish. <laughs> She's like, oh, my husband will be so happy. I'm having my bat mitzvah next week. It was so cool to see these results and see them laid out, you know, across this map that they draw for you on the website. And the other part right. of the family tree that Ancestry does, you know, by itself are really cool, too. Um, I would really recommend just doing it and, and having yeah. a look. Because you think you know where you're from? You don't know. It was cool. I'm Irish. <laughs> for the first year, I've worked on the St. Patrick's Day Parade for 17 years now. And this is the first time I feel like it's legit. Right. This is now you feel now you're accepting of the St. Patrick's Day parade. I'm invested. Because you're you're one one eightieth Irish. I'm ten uh, percent. Oh, um, all right. That's significant. Yeah, ten percent English Irish. English Cal, what, Irish. Uh, English, English Irish. Irish. <laughs> all right. Cal, what percentage would come back as uh, Canadian, and then would it apologize for itself? <laughs> For coming, for coming back that way. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> if you had to guess, 
Sorry if to say you're, you're 25% Canadian. Sorry. If you oh, had to gosh. guess oh, the mystery heritage that might be lurking behind what you are, what do you think it would be? I would, I would have no idea. Japanese, maybe. <laughs> that would chance? be insane. Is there a chance? There's a chance. I don't know. You know what but, you are all, all the way through, though, Cal. You have a pretty good... Right? Oh, yeah. Well, I I don't. I mean, only as far back as my my gr- great grandparents. Right. This this sounds like a game changer. This ancestry. Uh, well, that's just it. We go voodoo. Well, our information goes all the way back to the great grandparents who were who were from Sicily, and so we're all like, well, they must have just popped out of the ground there. <laughs> right. They fell from a tree in Sicily. And it turns out they're from. Uh, Iraq, Persia, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's weird. That's crazy. And how? And you feel comfortable that this is this is all on the up and up, and it's accurate. I definitely feel comfortable that it's accurate, and uh, my sister is going to take the same test. Okay. Because to, to corroborate. Well, I just just by looking at us, uh, we we both concluded that she's got more of my father's DNA, and I've got more of my mother's. So we want her to take it now to see if it's like, you know, um, more African, less European Jewish or you know, something like that. We want to see how the percentages play out. Right. We can get a better idea. I, and then I want to I, try I to convince be, my parents to do it. That would be cool. Yeah. I would be genuinely surprised if there was anything other than Italian for me. I really would. <laughs> yeah, that would be. You, you think you fell out of the tree? fell out of the big no, I, parmesan no, tree. Just, you can trace back like you can trace back like five generations on both sides of my family the only mm-hmm. the, my, my parents are eighth cousins like going mm-hmm. back to the homeland 75 percent of my family is from the same town in italy so on both sides so the the only the only wild card would be my grandfather brindisi on the brindisi side um, because everybody on my dad's, my dad's whole family and my, uh, 50% of my mom's family was all from the same town in mm. Italy. So it'd be, I could see maybe something else sneaking in there in like small percentages, but I, I would be shocked if there was anything more than like 2% English or, you know what I mean? Like something like that. I'd like because, to see they're yeah. all just they're from the same freaking town. <laughs> well, then you then you can't make it some very scary results. <laughs> yeah, like the, the results might be that like, I'm related to like a lot of people <laughs> that I am. It was related cool, to. Though. It was cool. Oh, it was the best ninety nine dollars awesome. I've spent in a while. Cool. That's a good ninety nine dollars. It's a good ninety nine dollars, and the second kit is only seventy nine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so your sister's only seventy nine bucks. That's right. Uh, nice for you. I bet you. I bet you. Cal's would come back that he's like seventy eight percent Canadian. I think no. I think Cal comes back as a map of Europe. Yeah, probably. I think he's a, he's a seven nation army. The mystery, the mystery nationality with Cal. You ready? Yep. Peruvian. Oh, you're going South America. 
I'm going South America. I was going like Lithuania. Yeah, I'm thinking more like TJ. Nope. Peruvian. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere <laughs> over there. You had some. Well, Cal's very tall. Moyobamba. Cal's very tall. I am. How do you not know that? I'm going to. uh, (laughs) You know me not. (laughs) Because I don't know how tall I am anymore. (laughs) He just lost all sense of size. (laughs) It's all relative. (laughs) I I I think there's going to be some Northern Europe in there, maybe even um, Sweden. Despite despite the dark hair, I'm going to say, or Estonia. I'd be Very su- tall people. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm I've got Ireland in there, so mm. you're in the neck of the woods. You already know about the Ireland, right? That's your mom's side. Oh yeah, very yeah, sure. Right. So you want to go fund me this, or um, yeah. you <laughs> just want you just want to take your credit card out. I think I'm just gonna do it. I, I don't should I don't know we, if I want to do this one. <laughs> it's so. It's so cool. I can't tell you how cool it is. Put put it up on our webpage. Right. I want people to donate so that I can find out my my ancestry. I I will be rolling in it. Oh yeah. I'm I'm donating tomorrow for sure. Yeah, it's not that loud in the playback. Trust me. All right. All right. PJ, my Jewish friend, final unload. Lachaim. Well, we're going to have to check in next week. I just got a text from my wife, who has been on a plane during this entire podcast. And I've been keeping up with her. And the plane has landed, and the shuttle took her to the car park, and they can't find our car. We what just that? bought we just bought this car and they <laughs> cannot find it. So tune in next week. Wow. Great teaser. I just, I just got the text. Just as you hit the music, I just got the text. They can't find the Jetta. Oh man. Oh boy. You bought a Jetta? I we did. It's beautiful. Tune in next week. What? You're so hell? disappointed. You're so disappointed in my channel. <laughs> Cal, final unload. I want to let's let's give Warren Beatty a break, everyone. <laughs> All right. He's 80 years old. The long night. The lights were hot. It stayed done away. There was no help to him. So ease up on Dick Tracy. All right. Oh, and my final <laughs> and my I never final expected such is, defense. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know the Warren Beatty defense fund was gonna be in full effect tonight. <laughs> There's another GoFundMe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and my final unload is hey, lay off David Wright. Seriously. While we're laying off people, the guy has earned the right to rehab and try to get back and play baseball 
for as long as he wants. He's not hurting anybody. What's your rush? <laughs> the all-fired rush. All right, that's all the time we have. We'll see you guys next week. For Brian Calvi and PJ Cachopo, I'm Steve Sampietro. Thanks, guys. Good night, boys. I'm Jewish. <laughs> I'm going to start a GoFundMe. Do it. <laughs> you will get $10 pledge right, Go, right away. GoFundMe. I, I got it. We got it. Everybody, oh. everybody caught that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's PJ that needs to start doing Catskills-type humor now because he's <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night.